Let's Let's call our next guest. Yeah, this is your next hour. It's Matt Sturgis, isn't it? Oh. Are you excited? Are you excited? I am, yeah. Okay. I feel a bit bad, though, because he sent me uh, a comic to read before this, because he was like, oh, it's a fairly new thing that I've done. Do you want to read it? And it wouldn't load properly on my laptop. Is this so I've read, Yeah, I've read like 50 pages. No, I, I got over 100, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've, I've, pages. No, I've because I've obviously but, been otherwise engaged, but I've read a fair chunk. It's good stuff. It is. Um... But I'm scared now that he'll be like, what did you think of that kick-ass ending? And I'll be like, hey, yeah. You know you could probably hear you, right? Well, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just, I just heard myself in the background of your phone call, which was weird. So you didn't read the fucking comic. <laughs> <laughs> I read the majority of the comic. I read Sorry. like a good two-thirds. Uh, but I was getting, like, Mike was watching me yesterday getting really frustrated because my laptop is old and terrible, but I love it, and please don't concate within the next five and a half hours. Um, but, um, yeah, it was taking about... It was loading all the art, and it was loading all the boxes where words should be, and right. then it was taking about a good like four or five minutes to put those words in there right. and I was just like oh I, I just I just love the fact we're having this uh, conversation Matt and like just massive mic just there and we're having this conversation oh and then you came on and we literally all we could hear was like your voice going like I don't know oh, I didn't read, read it. it I don't know if you read it and it's just like well that's that's that done isn't it Oh, I tried. Well, hey, I liked what I read, and that's the important thing. And I, I've read a significant chunk of it, and I thought it was the whole god, the god narrator, oh, comedy tits, gold, mate. Top tits. That's a compliment. I don't know yeah. if that translates to American. <laughs> top tits. I, every time you uh, send me a message on Facebook, it's always some new weird little Britishism that I wasn't aware of. And I'm an Anglophile, so you're way out in front. Oh, uh, you, you're going to get educated because now, now you're going to get a whole North London education now But I was well. going to say, I don't know whether a lot of the stuff that I say is Britishisms or just me being a twat. Yeah, I... I, I, I um... I never even factored that in. No, yeah. I feel, I, knowing Stace, I feel you need to now. Yeah. I mean, I make up words on a fairly regular basis. She does. Like twadge, which is great. Mm-hmm. So you're from Twattingham, is that, <laughs> what, what, technically, what, I'm, I'm from Tot, well, I was originally from Tottenham. <laughs> so it's, it's not, which is close. it's not that far off the beaten track. It's near Twattingham. It's just got to go down the A50, uh, take a right, and then you're in Tottenham. So it's not that far away. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Matt. <laughs> yes, well, yeah. Uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for having me. I've uh, been listening for a little bit on the lead up to it. You guys are loopy. Yeah, um, I'm wide awake. So this is this is interesting. <laughs> what, what time is it for you? I forget about time uh, it's, differences. It's nine thirty p.m. for me. Wow. wow. I don't even remember at nine thirty p.m. That seems like a billion years ago to me. Now. It does, doesn't it? Because it's um. Don't remember a time before podcast. Well, it's it's three <laughs> thirty here, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Three thirty-five. Yeah, it is late. Well, it's early, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, The sun will be coming up fairly soon, um, and I'll be crying. I mean, celebrating. I mean, I don't know. How is it? How is it going? How are you? (laughs) Is it like I've? This is wonderful. Is this like I've made a terrible mistake? (laughs) I think. Yeah, I think it's somewhere in the middle. Um, I think it's going. I think it, it might be going better than the first one I did. But that might be because I was much more nervous with that one because I didn't really know what I was doing uh, and didn't really plan for it properly. And this time we've got the lovely Mike doing all of our social media and helping out and stuff. 
but I also feel like I'm not saying enough words because I get that the problem is I'm the worst at doing podcast interviews and I don't know why I do them because I just love listening to the person talk and then all of a sudden I realise oh they've stopped I should ask a question (laughs) (laughs) I should say something else um hi I love you Uh, and then yeah stare into space and look a bit sad um whereas I've now drunk half a bottle of whiskey um And um, I, I feel that I'm doing okay. You know, I, I feel like I've been through a gamut of emotions, which started with like, <laughs> what? Um, you know, why the fuck did I agree to do this? Mm-hmm. To um, this, this is great. This is the worst thing I've ever done. Yeah. To um, you know, um, I feel like I can change done. the world. To I've now damned the world to hell. So I feel like I've really kind of just gone through everything. Yeah. As we're creeping towards the end, I'm getting more nervous about not hitting the target of monies. Mm. That's yeah. my major concern because I'm like, oh no, what if we've done all this and we and I set the bar too high and then I get sad and disappointed? Yeah, because I mean, you know, because at the end of the day, it's kind of like we're we're doing this thing, but actually, you know, it's, it's part of the reason why I agreed to sort of do it with sort of Stace um, is it's for a really good cause and we want to raise a shed load of money for yeah, it. Man. You know, that's that's the main I reason keep we're my doing target it. Target in its stupid face. Yeah, and that's we want to hit the target if we can, but you know. We still got six hours. We'll see how we go. Um, God, six hours. <laughs> but shh. Um, but uh, for people who don't know Matt, um, introduce yourself, sir, and what you do. Yes. Hello, my name is Matthew Sturgis. I write comic books. Um, I my first uh, uh, thing that anyone would know me for was a book called Jack of Fables that I did with Bill Willingham. That. Uh, started about 10 years ago. So I guess I've been doing this for about 10 years. Um, I've done superhero books for DC. Uh, I've done a couple things for Marvel. I did a Doctor Who story for IDW. That was a lot of fun. Um, I've worked with it, you know, at this point I've worked with most of the major publishers and done the books that I've loved, the books that I've deeply regretted and, uh, you know, everything in between. Um, one or two things I wish didn't have my name on them. <laughs> one or two things that I wish my name was bigger on. It all evens out in the end. Um, yeah, and right now it's um, I've got uh, some really exciting things happening. You know, I've got I've got Four Norsemen of the, the Apocalypse, which is a book that just came out. That unfortunately it has no. Um, uh, it uh, it sank like a fucking stone. I guess the, oh. the best way to put it. Like it, oh, did it? Not, nothing. Ab- zero. Um, so I'm hoping that if I keep talking it up, eventually someone will buy it. It's from a very small publisher that has no marketing budget. Apparently, uh, people don't, you know, rush out and order, uh, 170 page graphic novels by people that they don't know. Uh, who could have guessed? <laughs> um, but then I've also got, um, this new Vertigo book that just got announced, uh, with my writing partner, Dave Justice. Uh, that's the Fables, uh, uh, series Ever After. Um, I also have the, the other book, the ongoing that I'm doing with him, uh, Public Relations, that's coming out. Um, and uh, I've been doing um, a lot of video game work recently. Okay. I've got a, a game that I wrote that's coming out sometime here in the next little while. Um, so that, that's kind of me in a, in a nutshell. Um, I thought it was interesting, interesting what you were saying about sort of Four Nostrum and marketing, in the fact that it's, it's the one thing I've kind of seen about comics is it's almost like these days it doesn't necessarily having a great comic a well-written comic is literally just a starting point mm-hmm. um 
if you haven't got that kind of, and it's a bit of a sad thing in one respect, because it's part of you that sort of thinks, well, I've, I've got a really great comic, so surely people should pick this up. But if you haven't got that kind of, like you say, that marketing behind you, um, it, it's just really difficult to get out. Then it's, it's the thing we've kind of spoke about quite a bit today, about this idea of the fact that the market, um, is so like saturated that it's so difficult to kind of get your stuff to the sort of the top of the pile, as it were. To, to sort of get people to know, is it is that kind of what you found in general these days? I think I think that's exactly the case. I mean, you you have this whole um, you know the image revolution and uh, all the amazing books that are coming out. We live in a golden age of comics right now. There's yeah. so many comics, uh, which is great if you're a reader, um, if you're a creator, um, and you're not um, you know you're not being pushed by a DC or a Marvel or an Image. Uh, it can be extremely difficult to get noticed. You know, and I go to the store. Uh, week in and week out. And I, I will talk to the employees and say, what are you reading? You know, yeah. what do you like? And they'll put books in my hands that I have literally never heard of. You yeah. know? And it's, it's my job. So I, we do li- li- live in a time where there's a bunch of really fantastic books coming out. Um, but it is, it is hard to know, isn't it? Um, especially with smaller publishers. Yeah. How are you ever even going to find out? Um, and sadly, that's where so many of the best books are, uh, are coming from. Yeah. And it's one of the things I've found, um, and again, it's something I've said a few times today, is um, I'd kind of not read co- a lot of comics for a, a while. I'd sort of not gone away from comics at all, but there was just so much stuff in there. I got overwhelmed, um, and I didn't really know where where to get back into to comics and start reading some stuff again. And, um, you know, just sort of doing the podcast today and having to actually go and get comics to read for research and stuff like that is again, open my, my eyes again to like the wealth of stuff that's out there that's beyond DC and Marvel. Um, mm. But again, it's kind of that scary thing of going like, there's just so much stuff and mm. I just don't know where well, to go. Yeah, and it's 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 finding the good stuff as well because like, I say this about podcasting a lot, is mm. that one of the brilliant and shit things about it is the fact that like every man and his dog has a podcast now yeah. and like anyone can make a comic now if they've got a little bit of dough and a pen and paper yeah. um and so it's really hard to find like sometimes like because i find sometimes i go to comic cons and i look around and i think cool look at all this choice and then some of it is just like not not very good <laughs> and it's it's sometimes it's hard to find the gems in amongst you know because there's so much out there and not all of it is going to appeal to you it's yeah. finding the stuff that's like you know on your wavelength and but like you say that's not like necessarily getting the push that like marvel and dc and an image and stuff might give something yeah yeah and i think you you know you touched on something interesting too there which is uh you know the same thing that you know when the internet was new um that was the, the similar complaint that there's no gatekeepers uh so anyone can put any piece of shit <laughs> and it has the same availability as anything else right like yeah that is uh completely democratic in that way um and so I, I think that, you know, there is some truth to that. You know, I know that experience, like you go to a con, you're looking around, you're talking to someone at their table and you're like, oh, you're a nice guy. Sure, I'll buy your comic. And then you go back to your hotel and you're like, wow, this is just unintelligible garbage. <laughs> you know, I mean, I think everyone's had that experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To the degree. Yeah. Um, and, it, you know, maybe if, if, you know, if that person had an editor and, you know, was put through some hoops, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, you know, I've been, uh, Shelly Bond at Vertigo more than once sent me back to do a page one rewrite of a script. Um, and maybe we all need that from time to time. <laughs> um, 
But uh, yeah, I was making a point there. I'm sure it was really intelligent. But you don't know. You're barely awake. Yeah. I- <laughs> Yeah, you're gonna think I'm cool regardless because you you need sleep. So <laughs> you know, um, no, but I yeah, I think the fact is, is there is a lot of stuff out there. Regardless of the things going through a first pass, I've read stuff where people haven't been through a first pass, and the stuff is brilliant. Yeah. and I've really enjoyed it. Um, and equally, I've read stuff which actually has had some sort of editorial oversight, which is still not very good. Mm. Um, but I think it's just the sheer wealth of stuff and the genres that have been, people are in, uh, we, we said this earlier, like, you know, it, people are actually inventing new genres within comics, mm-hmm. which, which, which A is amazing, but B just makes your life that much harder because it's a whole other genre now I've got to cope with, you know, like, you were saying this thing, online diaries now is a genre, people doing online diaries almost of their life and doing it as like funny, like comics, which are a lot of the ones I've read, which I've never would have read that sort of stuff before. Um, it's brilliant, really funny, really touching, really kind of witty stuff. But again, it's a whole different genre that's just been invented, which is why, like, I get, you know, it's that, I said earlier, I get really annoyed when people start talking about comics as a genre. And it's, 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 it's not, it's a medium and it's just so much stuff out there. Um, cause even, even sort of like for Norseman that you do, you know, and again, I haven't read it all, but the first thing as I've got through it, I was trying to think to myself, how would I categorise this? Yeah. You know, what, what what genre would I put this in? Awesome genre. Awesome genre, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a new genre. But again, it's a, genre. It's a yeah, it's a, you know, but it, seriously, you know, I was trying to think, where would I stick it? You know, is it fantasy? Is it comedy? You know, and I think that sort of thing is both fantastic, but also like really kind of quite scary because that can also hamper you as well. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah, that's absolutely true. I mean, you think about some of the things that uh, that did, never found their footing because they couldn't be categorized that way. Like, yeah. uh, I think you know, I think Firefly is the seminal TV example, right? Mm-hmm. I remember seeing the promos for Firefly before it came on and thinking, "This looks like the worst fucking show." I've ever seen. <laughs> I, I like, like I thought that Buffy was a good, but this looks like shit. <laughs> And so I never watched it while it was on. And then it was only when all of my nerd friends kept saying, no, 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 this is the best thing ever. I went back and watched it. And I was like, oh, well, they, if they had told me it was this, <laughs> I would have watched it. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think they had any idea how to sell it. And uh, yeah, obviously something like Four Norsemen, exactly what is it? It's like some kind of fantasy mythology comedy, but it's also a really dark comedy. And um, who is it even for? It's like, it's like, philosophy and dick jokes. It's just a book that I thought would be funny. uh, It's a book that I wanted to write uh, because I was real angry and (laughs) I wrote it out of a place of deep, deep anger um, during a time when my life was kind of falling apart. Um, And that can be a great, you know, uh, medicine uh, for those, you know, get get it all down on paper, all your bitterness and everything. But but then you have this, this, like, well, what the fuck do you do with it? I don't know. Um, apparently no one else does either because no one will buy it. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but it looks beautiful and um, it's available uh, wherever comics are sold. And I thought the whole sort of secrets where I, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing it was, it was the Cheers bar they went to, wasn't yeah. it? Yes. <laughs> yes, it was. Okay. I was reading it this morning on the train. I was thinking, that, this is Cheers, isn't it? That is Cheers. <laughs> that is Ted Danson. It's not just me, is it? You know, <laughs> t- talking to a random person next to me. That's, is this, look at this. Is this... T- <laughs> To you, is this cheers? It is, isn't it? That is Ted Danson. People just look at me like, 
crazy fucker. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Edging away. It's too early in the morning it's for crazy. It's too early in the morning. The it's just like crazy dude. What the hell? Um, but I love stuff like I love that sort of random stuff. But it does make it quite difficult to pigeonhole something. Yeah. And and I think so many people, especially with marketing, they 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 love a pigeonhole. They love people to go, right, yeah. you go in that box. If you're in that box, that means I can roll out this marketing campaign because you're in that box. Yeah. You know, and I think that sometimes is where the difficulty lies is where you don't fit in a particular box. It's funny though, because now that I'm thinking about it, is a lot of my favourite comics are the are the comics I would call like the hard sell. <laughs> like the ones that when I'm talking about them on the podcast, I'm like, I know I'm not doing this justice because I don't even know how to describe to you how great this is. Yeah. Like for example, Little Depressed Boy is like one of my favourite comics ever. But when I say, well, it's about like a sack boy who works in a record shop and he's a bit sad. <laughs> Like, it sounds terrible, but it's fucking brilliant. And, uh, and like, Saga for, as well. Like, I know that's quite a big thing anyway, but, like, when I've tried to sell that to people who I know who are sort of trying to get into comics, I'm like, oh, it's one of the best things I'm reading. And they're like, okay, what is it? And I'm like, well, it's kind of like a space soap opera with, like, romance and danger and things. Yeah, and, and you know, like, what? This has always been my problem, and I, this is why I hate writing pitches because all of my best ideas don't have a log line. They don't. They can't be compressed into a yeah you know, uh, into a single sentence that is easily digestible. And this is something I've fought with my entire career. Um, you think I think about all all of my favorite things. Like imagine if you tried to pitch Game of Thrones to someone to, to an editor, like as a, as a not say well, what's it about? Well, it's about uh, there's you know, 20 protagonists, and um, uh, this is going to be the first of, I don't know, maybe eight books, and um, none of it will tie together. Uh, the main <laughs> character is going to die at the end of the first book. Uh, what else? You know, you can just go on and on and on, and, and no one, no sane person will buy that book, you know? Yeah. Uh, but someone, you know, someone did, and then it really hit. But that's all of my favorite stuff, so... You know, I wonder sometimes if that has, has held me back in my career to like just come up with some idea, you know, like Phil Willingham did with Fables, where it's like fairy tale characters in the modern world. That's yeah. all you have to say. And then everyone goes, Oh, I know what that is. I, you know, I can tell what that means to me. And then yeah. you write that and it's what people were expecting. Boom. You've got a million dollars. Yeah. Yeah. And it is, it's so much of it is that, and it, we don't like it, but so much of it comes down to that little pitch, mm. that little way of like, um, promoting it. And I, I remember Game of Thrones, it's kind of like, I never read it. I haven't read a single Game of Thrones book. Mm. Um, but I got invited along to see the first episode of it. They did a little premiere thing of it. And Sean Bean was there, who played um, Ned Stark and the guy who played the king was there and whatever. And I went along to it and watched it. I thought, this is great. And I, I thought, really enjoyed it, you know. Um, and then someone was telling me about the book. And they were saying, like, I think the book, each chapter focuses on a different character. Mm. Um, and it's from their perspective. And everything else that you said is literally, and I say this to someone who's pitched to publishers as a novelist. Mm. They would say, you break every fucking rule yeah. of writing novels. You know, you're switching your character perspectives all the rest of it, you're killing off your main hero. No, I'm not interested. And what someone told me once was like, it's, it's fine to, uh, break the rule. The minute you, the minute someone breaks the rules and successful, suddenly that, that, that then becomes the new set of rules. Mm. Um, and so now you'll find many books where you've got many multiple character perspectives because Game of Thrones have done it 
and it's become really successful. And suddenly now all the publishers, that's what they're looking for, you know. But you've almost kind of got, got it's a really difficult thing because you've got to kind of get ahead of the game to break the mold, to say, I'm going to do things my way. But the first thing everyone then says to you is like, no, don't do it your way. You do it our way, which is D set of rules. Otherwise, we won't publish you. So it's 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 a real kind of weird setup. Um, and the thing with Game of Thrones that annoys me is like a lot of people seem to think Game of Thrones isn't fantasy for some strange reason. Oh, it is though. You know, oh no, it's like Sopranos. No, it's not. It's still fantasy. It's a great show, but it is. There's dragons fantasy. in it. There's a dragon, <laughs> right? There's a dragon. There's dudes with swords, and yes, there's lots of Machiavellian manoeuvring and stuff, and that's all lovely. But it is still fantasy. It's just good fantasy. That's the I only difference. Like Sorry. I don't like it. Don't you? No. I watched two episodes and I thought they were pretty pants. So I gave up on it. Ah, you know. I, I mean, it, don't get me wrong. I mean, I watched uh, ten episodes. I watched one season back to back Game of Thrones and I was like, that was the bleakest day I've ever spent. Do you know, yeah, there are some shows that I found like, because um, I got into Dexter a bit later than, I think it Series 4 had just finished when I started watching Series 1. So I was like, oh, I'll binge watch this and get ready for Series 5. You can't binge watch Dexter. <laughs> Want to kill yourself? Like, <laughs> well, to be fair, Dexter will probably do it for you. Well, in yeah. A much cleaner, in a much cleaner fashion, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, I love Dexter, but I couldn't, like, watch more than maybe two episodes a night, tops, because I'd just come out of it feeling, like, utterly deflated. <laughs> like, oh, what is life? Um, what was I saying? I've lost my point. I don't know. But I don't I'll, know. I'll change, I'll change tack because we've gone onto TV and, Go on. and we've been kind of doing a journey through geek culture anyway, just these 24 hours. Um, so, uh, do you watch a lot of TV, Wait, Matt? I just want to go back one quick second. Yeah, okay. go for it. So, pants is bad. Yeah, it means like dirty underpants. Okay. Yes. So, top tits is good. Pants top tits is good. Pants bad. is bad. Yeah. Bollocks is bad. Dog's bollocks is good. Yeah. Um, no, no, yeah, no. Yeah, dog's bollocks is good. Yeah, dog bollocks is good, but you can use bollocks in a good term. No, you can't. Okay, yeah, but you've got to, you've got to recognise, right, you've got to recognise that we come from two part, different parts. You can't, of the Matt, don't yes, listen to can. him. He's drunk on cheese. You can't, no, because you've got, I don't know, she's probably right there. I was trying, I'm now, I was now trying to do different <laughs> scene, different scenarios in my mind where I'd go, yeah, that was the bollocks, and just fit. No, you, no, you you're right. Say the dogs no, you're right. You would say and the, the bees' dogs knees, which I find strange because <laughs> no. bees' knees are so small. No one really says bees' like, knees anymore. No one really says that anymore. That's that's transatlantic. We can say that. Mm. Yeah, I like the fact there's an episode of Adventure Time that always makes me titter when um, Ice King's rambling about a party that people are having that he's not at, and he goes, "Oh, you think your party's the bees' knees? Well, your party's the knees of nothing." And it always <laughs> makes me laugh. <laughs> That's a brilliant line. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> no, so uh, I would defer to Stacey on the dog's bollocks front. Yeah. Um, bollocks, yeah. Um, but yeah, I will go with bollocks is bad, dog bollocks is good. I'm really sorry to interrupt, but we've had a huge donation. Have we? Holy crap. Sorry. Somebody's just donated $100 and it's Brian. It's Brian again. <laughs> Brian's the guy who paid for the Mixler account and my microphone. <laughs> Thanks, oh, Brian. Oh, <laughs> Brian. Oh, Are wow. you made of money, Brian? We just had a massive donation. We won't say how much. We don't want to, we don't no, want to embarrass I think him. I already no, just did. We just had a massive donation from uh, uh, Brian. So thanks, Brian. Thanks, Brian. Yeah. Um, Thank you, Brian. Jeez. Wow. Sorry. Uh, uh, what back back to dog's bullets. <laughs> bollocks and pants. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like to stay current. You know, like I said, you know, I am a big Anglophile and I, I, uh, I'm always trying to get, uh, stay current on what's going on in the UK. And there was like, uh, uh, you know, I always wanted to be English when I was, <laughs> I to, 
No, really, because when I was um, when I was eleven, uh, the this was like you know I'm in seventh grade. I have no friends. I'm the big nerd, um, and I discovered Doctor Who. Yeah, and um, I'm like, well, this is it. This is everything that I could ever want. You know, this is Tom Baker era. Oh yeah. Um, and so I, I, for some reason, I had in my little eleven year old mind, like, if I could, if I went to England. Then that is a place where I would be understood, you know. So like people who make this, well, these are my people. <laughs> Always been some kind of slightly lingering that lingering sense of that, um, you know, uh, of of that. And so I always have been kind of fascinated by English popular culture, and I have gravitated to uh, that sort of thing. So it's always very fascinating to me. So, um, do you watch a lot of uh, um, British TV shows then? I watch the, you know, the things that I hear about that I can get my hands on. Um, you know, some of my favorite things are, are, are British shows and I'm constantly pushing on people like, um, uh, you know, obviously The Office. Um, Gavin and Stacey is one of my favorite things. Oh yeah. Uh, I just pushed that on my wife recently. Um, oh, what else? Um, now I'm drawing a blank because you asked me. Uh, <laughs> We've got a lot of that today. I mean, a lot of the, the, the old things, you know, like that made it across, uh, you know, back in the olden times, like, uh, Red Dwarf and, um, yeah. I mean, you know, Monty Python and all that stuff. Um, more recently, what was I just watching? I was just watching something really good. Name all of the shows. That uh, <laughs> have you watched, uh, have you watched Luther? Oh, yes, Luther. That was one I was just thinking of. Um, that's a fantastic show. And, um, yeah. I see, I'm a big nut for, um, crime dramas. Okay. Uh, and so, uh, like Broadchurch, I loved Broadchurch. Anyone? I've not seen that. I was just sorry. I, I went a bit quirk because I was just trying to think of. There's um, there was a. I can't remember how many episodes it was. It might have only been like three or four. But there was a series that was like a cop drama comedy. Like it was a proper like parody of cop drama. And I think it was called A Touch of Cloth. Yes, it was. I don't know if you've seen that, no, but it that's was. well it was. worth yeah, checking. It's yeah, so yeah, funny. Touch of Cloth. Yeah, it is. That is funny. Oh god, yeah. I was dying. It, it's um the the main guy in it's is John Hanna. Yeah. Um, as the actor, anyway. Yeah, and it's effectively a a piss take of just crime dramas, yeah. UK dr- crime dramas specifically. Um, and it. So do you remember a show called The Naked Gun mm-hmm. with Leslie Nielsen? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's basically it's like a UK version of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's great. It, it is great. fantastic. Um, but I was going to say, talking about sort of crime, do you, do you ever watch a show called Ripper Street? Ripper Street. That sounds familiar what is that it's basically it's set in um Whitechapel um the first series was set six months after um the last murder of Jack the Ripper mm-hmm. um and it's basically all about the sort of the police there and them sort of investigating so it is a crime drama but that's mm-hmm. the era that it's set in but it's it's kind of got it's really it's on its sort of um, it got cancelled it did it did um, I think two or three seasons on the BBC got cancelled then it got picked up by Amazon Prime mm-hmm. um, who have done they've just brought out another two seasons of it um, and um, it is has a kind of you know the Sherlock Holmes films with um, Robert Downey Jr. Mm-hmm. it's got that kind of vibe in that that's the way it's sort of filmed. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's certainly the music is that sort of similar musical style, but it's a sort of British cast and whatever. And that, I think if you love crime drama, um, you don't mind period drama as well. I would, I would say it's well worth checking out. Oh yeah, I'll check that out. Oh, you know, it's a great example of something that doesn't fit into a genre very well is uh, ultraviolet. 
love that show. <gasps> yeah, that's oh, <laughs> so just I we said this is this is a show with the vampires. Yes, just uh, the reason I love that show so much is because so many people talk about Eldris Elba, um, and they always mention The Wire, which he did, yep. um, and say that's where he made it big. That's where I know him from, and then he got Lou for a run. And I always remembered him. My exposure to him was in Ultraviolet. Um, I never forget there's an episode, I think it's episode five, where he, he basically gets kind of kidnapped by vampires and they knock him out. And when he wakes up, um, yeah, in the warehouse with five, with five coffins. And it's one of the favorite thing ever. Oh my Lord. Oh, it's just, but I think what's so good about this, that scene is you genuinely think he's not going to make it out of it. And he, there's a bit where like, He's on the phone to like the other guys on the helicopter trying to get to him. He's like, you know, how, how, he goes, hang on, we're, in the, we're like another like half an hour. And he's like, forget it, mate. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and then he, he rings, the, he rings the woman that he clearly loves. She answers the phone. He's, he just can't say anything to her. So he just hangs the phone up and then he's there and he goes through his whole moment where you think he's going to kill himself. Um, and then he's looking at the coffers and you see him kind of work it out and you just think, shit, come on, come on, come on. And, it's one of the few scenes in a show where I generally thought he, even though he was trying to save himself, that I thought he was still going to die. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he managed to get out of it. And that, that, and I just thought, whoever this guy is, he's going to go, he deserves to go far, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I never watched The Wire. Um, I started to watch, I watched the first season of The Wire um, and I enjoyed it. But for me, when he did Luther, I was kind of like, yes. Finally, this guy's getting the, the credit that he deserves. And now, obviously, he's just going from strength to strength. But Ultraviolet, I just thought, was a fantastic show. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I love that show. And it's got, uh, it's got, what's his face from uh, Coupling, which uh, throws me off <laughs> when I watch it. And, and the other guy in it is, um, he went on to be in True Blood, didn't he? Um, yeah, he's, um, in True Blood, the guy who plays um, Bill Compton or whatever his name is in True oh, Blood. Oh, he's handsome, isn't he? Yeah, he he was in um, <laughs> he was in Ultraviolet. He was the guy's Jack Davenport's mate in oh, Ultraviolet. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure you're not surprised to hear this, but I've not seen Ultraviolet. No, I'm not. <laughs> no. given all of our conversations today, you are not surprised. To hear I'm going to make a whole list of things that that Stacey. I'm not going to be watch. able to leave the house for like but months you did, because but of all this. Stuff. Have all the things I've said today. You need to watch Ultraviolet because that was awesome. Yeah, okay. Ultraviolet is great. You know, this is the thing that I love about British TV, and I, I, the one thing it's nice you start to see that um, that some American television is catching on to this, mainly on HBO and Netflix and things, is having shorter seasons. Yes, for mm. better television. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the the difference is so great. You know, if you you look at something like The Office, you know. Two series of six episodes in a Christmas special, the whole thing. You know, that is less than half of an American season. Yeah. And that show was on for 10 years. Yeah. So that's a lot of filler. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think, I mean, I watch a lot of um, US shows and I love a lot of US shows, but nine times out of 10 watching them, I think to myself, that's a filler episode. That's a filler episode. We had this conversation earlier, didn't we, about how I met your mother? Like even before we were recording, yeah. because apparently we can't stop talking nowadays, like yeah, ever. I know. Um, because we were saying about the thing about how I met your mother was it was very obvious towards the end that they kept getting given new seasons that they weren't really expecting to have. Yeah. Um, and then the last one got to a point where it was like we're going to do twenty-two episodes, but it's all going to take place over one weekend. And I was just thinking. 
oh, what a mistake. <laughs> like, it's just, there's so many episodes that are like, well, you didn't need that. Didn't need that. Didn't yeah. need that. Like, it really saddened me because I really love that show. Because it's, it's, it's like um, Doctor Who and people sort of going like, you know, oh, can you imagine if Doctor Who was 22 episodes? I was like, no, yeah, because yeah. it would, then you would, then it would, then you didn't get so much filler. Mm. Yeah. Um, that it then just becomes, it, it dilutes the, the show. It just becomes supernatural. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to say it. Sorry, Dave. Um, <laughs> but I think, but you know, but I think with a lot of the American, I'm used to the 22, 24 episode format. So I don't necessarily, it doesn't bother me in that same way as it would be if they suddenly turned the British shows that I watch into sort of 22 episodes. That would bother me mm. because I, I feel that we don't work on that format. So why go that way? Mm. You know? Right. Um, and, and I do think you get, certainly with some of the shows, you get much tighter drama. Yeah. Um, especially with ones which have an ongoing story through them. Well, yeah, I was going to say that the, the classic example for me is Being Human. I can't remember which series it was, but most of the series were, were six episodes. Yeah. And then I can't remember if it was series three or four, got two extra for no good reason. And so they had an episode where they brought in a zombie that never came back again. <laughs> didn't didn't have anything to do with anything else. And another one where they, they brought in another ghost who was only there for that day. And right. then she was gone and that was the end of that. And I was like, oh, they were literally fell off. Yeah. <laughs> like you did nothing with that to enhance the actual overall story. You were just like, woohoo, two more episodes. Shit, what do we do? And I think <laughs> it was different when I kid growing up in the 80s, it was different because that, because TV then was very, um, there, you didn't get an ongoing story. You know, when you had when you watched the A team and stuff, it was just an episode of the A team. You didn't. There was no. You know, if you could, so, every so often with shows back then, you would have a two part and you would lose your fucking mind. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you know, you saw a two bikini, you were like what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the story's that big; it can't be contained in a single episode. This is the best day ever. You know, and um, whereas now every you know pretty much every show is a serialized thing. You know, yeah. and it, it's 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 weird. That we that's where we are now, and I, I don't know if we ever go back. Well, isn't that how Doctor Who was back mm. in the day? It always used to end in a cliffhanger, so there was that certain continuity that happened with the old Doctor Who series. So mm. yeah, yeah. Well, that's funny because uh, you know I think I think a lot of that has to do with how TV is consumed now. They know that people binge, and they know that people grab yeah. a whole season at a time, right? And in the olden days before there was, you know, any way to record or you just had to watch it and hope for the best, right? Yeah. But, um, I, you know, that, that was the thing, one of the big things that grabbed me about Doctor Who is that I, I don't know how well versed you guys are in that era of Doctor Who, but there was the season that was all the, the key to time. With is this, no is, is this the one with the, um, Black, Black Guardian? Yes, exactly, the Black Guardian. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. The doc- Doctor and Romana have to go through and put together this, the first lesser Romana, have to go put together the, the key to time and it's six or five serials that are all linked together as one thing. Yeah. And so to me as a kid, I was like, well, this is the most amazing thing ever. It's like you drop me in this world and I'm following these people and they're doing something that's building and building and building and building. Then of course there's a big fake out at the end, right? Like, how could you not know? <laughs> Um, uh, but, uh, so it, it was all, all for nothing, but, um, but yeah, that, that notion of continuity of, of, of building, um, and then for a while, uh, people would have to speak it in, right? Like in X-Files is a perfect example that you would have like the freak of the week, you know, and then you'd make some little hint about some larger story that might be going on. Yeah. 
And then once you lured the viewers in, then you could start, you know, throwing away that pretense. Uh, yeah. To, you know. But the problem is, with especially with like shows like X-Files, is you then start to find that it started off with the Monster Week, Monster Week, and then slowly this sort of mythology creeps into the background, and then you start to re... To, to reject the Monster Week episodes and get really annoyed, go, no, I'm, I want to get on to what's actually going on. <laughs> That's a good you know, point. You know, and you start to sort of go, oh, for God's sake, you know. And um, sort of, you and Michael Wright, I hadn't really thought about Dot 2, and you're right, when, as a kid, Dot 2 was one of the few shows where you had that cliffhanger, and you'd get like four-part episodes, mm-hmm. you know, um, and it was probably one of the sh- one of the only shows that was kind of doing that. Um, whereas, like, now you say, like, every show is doing it. But every show, every Doctor Who ended on a cliffhanger, and you had to spend a week, like, just going, <laughs> and it was like a proper cliffhanger, it was like, he was dead. Do you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> he's gonna die, he's not getting out of that, you know, he's like, how the hell is he gonna get out of it, you know? Whereas yeah, now. Now, looking back, I wish someone would take those, you know, there were a lot of them were like, you know, four parts, you know, yeah. got almost two hours worth of story. If someone were to edit those down, to like 42 minutes, they would be fantastic. As they are, they're, I, I don't know if you've gone back and watched any of them. They're unwatchable. They're right. so much filler. Like I, my favorite doctor, my favorite one of all time was um, uh, City of Death. Do you remember okay. that one? I don't, uh, I don't think I do remember that one. It's the Doctor and the Romana, and they're running around Paris, and they're trying to stop this thing called the Jaggeroth, who is uh, splintered throughout time, and part of it is set in like Da Vinci time, and it's an amazing storyline. And in my memory of this, it's like edge of your seat, action packed, unbelievable stuff. And so I'm so looking forward to it. It comes up on Netflix or Hulu or something. I'm like, Oh, I'm watching this. And so I sit down and watch it. This is the most boring fucking thing you've ever seen. <laughs> it is Tom Baker and Lala Ward running down the streets of <laughs> for like 10 solid minutes. <laughs> Nothing. Was like, what was I so excited about? <laughs> they're running again mum <laughs> I, don't, I still don't know how I feel about going back to old Doctor Who because I only came into it well I didn't even come into it in 2005 like I waited uh, I saw series 3 first mm-hmm. then 1 and 2 and then started watching 4 as it was on because <laughs> that's a sensible way to watch a series of something um, and so I don't know how I feel about it because People that know me know that I'm a bit finicky about special effects and stuff. Oh. Um, but in the sense that it's weird, it's in the sense that I either want it to be like something's made out of like a sock and some tinfoil, yes. or I want it to be the best CGI I've ever seen. I can't mm. handle anywhere in between that. Yeah. Like I can't handle mediocre CGI or like like a good looking almost cosplay kind of. Well, I can guarantee you won't get CGI in the old school too for a start. So that take just, that right off the table. To yeah, begin. I just don't. I'm just a bit scared because I don't want to. I don't want to watch it and be constantly picking holes in like how shit the Cybermen look or something. I think for me, like one of the um, I kind of say, if you watch one Doctor Who that you could watch, for me, it's um, Desti- I think it's Destiny of the Daleks. I think that's what it's called. Mm. Um, which is the one with um, they send the Time Lords send Tom Baker back in time. Um, is um, it Destiny? Is it Destiny or, Gen- or Genesis? Genesis of the Daleks. Yeah. yeah, they send like, Tom. Do I have the right? Yeah. Oh man. So they basically Time Lords send um, the Doctor back in time to effectively fuck over the Daleks before they can get powerful. I'm paraphrasing, obviously. Right. It's a bit more clever. Like killing Hitler as a baby. Yeah. Yeah. No. That is. Lit- <laughs> it is literally that. Mm. And. Um, 
there's a whole sequence where they kind of rigged this chamber to explode. I think that's what it is. And there's the doctor's got two wires, and effectively, he touches the wires, it will destroy the the sort of gestation chamber, which messed up. And effectively, it will destroy. Dark's done. No more Daleks. And he has this conversation with his companions about whether or not he has the right to do it. And it's still one of the best, one of the best Doctor Who sequences. I, I, as a kid, it made me sit up and take notice. And I wasn't really into that kind of drama side of it. I sort of run around, shoot things. But that sequence, I was like, wow. You know, cause it's like. It really is a seminal moment. Cause I think like what you were saying, it, it's, um, because it's an ethical dilemma that you can understand that really, yeah. really puts you in this ethical dilemma like, oh, like, you really don't have the right to change history. Like, you know, the, like, it, it felt like it was actually saying something instead of just running around the quarry, you know. Yeah. Pretending yeah. to shoot people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was, and it was almost like, even though the companions were there, the conversation was more with himself. It was like, you know, do I have the right to do this? And, you know, what if you knew such and such? I don't know if he knew, I don't know if he, if he used Hitler as an example, but he, he had this whole conversation and it was, it was brilliant. And he had these wires. Re- it was almost like if he, if he sneezed, they were touched by accident. Do you know what I mean? Um, and I thought, and he sl- I won't spoil the solution, but his solution, you kind of thought, okay. But there's still that part of you who said like, oh, fucking hell, dude, you should have just done it. Because <laughs> yeah. you would have saved yourself so much hassle. You yeah. Know? Um, and also I thought, I think Davros is a, well, well him and the master, I, I I think are fantastic villains. Davros, I think, is a great villain. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the conversations him and Tom Baker used to have, quite rational conversations as two scientists, um, I thought were, were brilliant. Um, but a lot of the other ones, like Cybermen and stuff, yeah, you could do one. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Tom Baker, awesome. top tits. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I feel like I feel like if I watched some older Doctor Who stuff, that Tom Baker would be quite high on my list of Doctors. What I like, yeah, uh, he's so charming. You know, you could just watch him. Just say he's that. got that big yeah. toothy grin and, mm-hmm. and the hat as well. He kind of rocked a bit of an Indiana Jones vibe for me. Mm. I've seen. Is it the Five Doctors? The one that's like there's. There's five of them, but technically Tom Baker doesn't do anything for the whole thing. Oh, because he's sort of trapped like in a he's bubble trapped or something. In a, yeah. yeah, on a yeah. gondola or something. Like yeah. That. <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't do it. He's tra- trapped yeah. in Tesco's. He's just like, uh, I've seen that and I thought that was really strange, but I don't know if that's just because I have no like frame of reference for classic who. <laughs> but I think what was, what was so clever about that, watching it as a kid, watching the Doctors, and I, I said I, I kind of I kind of came in around John Pertwee, mm-hmm. but... Tom Baker was kind of my doctor. But when they did, I can't think was what was the first doctors they did for me. I can't remember now if it was four doctors or whatever. But looking back on it now, it was such a, you were so, when they kind of did it, it blew your mind because you were like, these were all the doctors like together teaming up and stuff like that. And it's such a clever concept, which isn't really done anymore, you know, and and even in the new who, when they did it and it was kind of David Tennant and, um, Matt Smith and John Hurt it's it's like that's that's old school who you've got the doctors teaming up it's brilliant and that episode was fucking fantastic it was just ah awesome awesome um but I think the episode where they revealed John Hurt my I'm still picking my jaw off the floor (laughs) yeah that was pretty great yeah yeah Moffat has had his you know he's had his ups and his downs that was Yeah. yeah high point that was a high point. I think it was the fact when he turned around, it's John Hurt. And he was like, John Hurt as a doctor. Oh, yeah. I think Moffat's a really strange one for me because I actually, I think he was 
a lot better when he wasn't the showrunner. Yeah. Like, I think the silence in the library, Dog well, Party, yeah. is some of the best stuff uh, that it, that's, that's like, it's some, it's two of my favourite episodes of yes. New Who. Yeah. I, was, uh, I, just, I was just thinking about that episode yesterday because we were watching that uh, Aziz Ansari show, Master of None, mm-hmm. and, mm. and Colin Salmon has this really bizarre guest appearance on it. Colin Salmon plays uh, Dr. Moon. Yes, yeah, yeah. Episode. And um, it's so weird. But I was just thinking about how much I love those two episodes. And the whole the whole business with River Song mm. is just the most ingenious Doctor Who clever bit of writing that you could ever do. And then, of course, he had, you know, he ran into the ground later. Yes, yeah. yeah. That, that episode with him and, and David Tennant and Alex Kingston had that amazing chemistry. It was just so... Perfect. It was so, it's like for a life, lifelong Doctor Who fan to see that episode, it was just like a consummation of everything that I loved about Doctor Who in yeah. one perfectly written episode. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I think Blink is also a really oh, a fantastic yeah. hour of Doctor Who. Yeah. Scared the shit out of me. And, and I think, the, 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 I think the problem is, is you kind of said it, Matt. It's like he did, um, Science and Library, that, that two part was just, Fantastic. And I, l- I loved River Song. And then ran her into the ground. Um, but then, oh, yeah. By the end of her run, I hated yeah. her. Whereas, I was like, get off my With Blink, I was just like, these, the Weeping Angels, I thought, these are the scariest fuckers mm. ever. Mm-hmm. And then, like, they just, he just kept bringing them back. And I'm like, no, they were just good. In that story, they worked. It worked. And, it, and, just keep bringing them back all the time. Although, to be fair, when they brought them back in the sort of two-part with Matt Smith, I thought that was actually quite a good one. Well, it was the, it was the bit where Amy's in the room with the one on the TV that I was like, yeah. oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> shit yeah. just I, got I, real. I thought, <laughs> but when they, when they came back again and then it was like the Statue of Liberty, I was like, oh, come on, come on. I got really pissed off with that episode. I've told people this a lot, but it, that episode aired... I believe it was on my birthday, so I missed it as it was happening because I was having a party, right. as you do. Um, and I came home from said party a little bit tiddly. I thought, I'll check Facebook, <laughs> see if anybody's like, wish me a happy birthday or whatever. And the first thing I see on Facebook is uh, a screenshot of uh, Rory and what's his, uh, and, and Amy jumping off the roof. And then a screenshot of like her crying with the angel behind her. And then a screenshot of their graves. And then a screenshot immediately after that of the uh, Statue of Liberty as a weeping angel. Just pretty much. And I was just like, fantastic. Thank you, <laughs> random person who's now getting out of my Facebook life. Now live on the infamy. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, come on now. You couldn't have just posted core. That was a good episode. I know. <laughs> <laughs> to enjoy your spoilers and social media. Yeah. It's difficult because I understand pas- the passion behind wanting to be like, oh my God, did you see this? Because yeah. t- the, the instant I finish watching like Flash, for example, I want to talk to everybody I know that watches Flash about how great Flash is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm careful about how I do it because I don't want, I want other people to see the episode and be as, as I yeah. was when I saw it. Uh, I'm not going to go off on one of the bait spoilers again because I'll <laughs> get on my soapbox. But I can't think what film I'd gone to see recently and I came back, I was really excited when we talked to people and I kind of, I straight away, I set up a um, private fair. It was, Star actually Wars. it was last year, it was Star Wars, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, so many people were spoiling it and I came back from seeing it and I really wanted to talk about it. So I just straight away, I just set up a private Facebook group. I said, look, I've set this up. If 
you want to come and talk about Star Wars and film, you know, with my friends and whatever, come on. And people did. And we had a real great sort of debate and conversation about it, completely outside of my Facebook feed. It didn't spoil it for people. It's, it's, that's the thing. It's like, it's not hard to not, to not do it. You know, so just what is what is the cutoff for spoilers? Like, at some point, uh, like we can all say now that Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's father. Obviously, yeah, yeah. I, I think yeah, I think we're all good there. <laughs> I always think for like for me for like with comics, it has to be after, at some point after the trade version has come out mm-hmm. because I think a lot of people collect things in trade yeah. or can't buy things straight away. Okay. So you have to be a bit careful about that with comics. So like with the movie, uh, maybe the DVD, the DVD. Yeah, like maybe like a maybe a maybe a two weeks after the DVDs come out, mm-hmm. perhaps. I don't know. I mean, the I, thing is though, like you can talk online about things without spoiling them at all. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I spoil things in the podcast, but I think like if you're seeking out pop culture podcasts where people review things, right. you're probably going to happen across spoilers, and I think. I, I always say I'm going to spoil something before I do it, but sure. I don't think I should. I need to really because you've come to listen to me review a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um. But when it's yeah, when it's just like scrolling down your Facebook feed, or when like like websites have the fucking headline of an article as oh, like, cool, yeah. can't believe X has died, and you're like, oh, fuck you, IGN. <laughs> like, no, that, that's the thing that I just don't get with mm. like media sites. I say something that's got a site that you know that's your headline. Mm. Your, your headline is actually the spoiler and it's kind of like there's, there's nothing I can do to avoid <laughs> it you know and it's happened I've unfollowed like big sites now because they've mm, spoiled stuff properly um, and I've, I've had to unfollow a couple of actors and directors for live tweeting the American uh, showings of, of yeah. TV shows uh, so like when like um, Hannibal was on I had to stop following um, what's his chops oh shit his name is I'm blanking Brian something singer um, I had to unfollow him Follow there you go. Um I had to I had to unfollow him on Twitter because he used to live tweet every episode of Hannibal as it was on. And oh, I was like, oh, I don't live in the US, so yeah. I can't watch it yet. Unless you, know you that, want me to illegally download it. <laughs> you know that in the US that we very often forget that other people even exist. We uh, <laughs> live most of our lives as if the United States is the only country that matters. I know you suspected that. For a long time. Yeah, and I'm sad yeah. to say that it's com- it's completely true. Yeah, we just don't care. Yeah, we we thought that. It's nice to have the confirmation, but we, we, we to be fair, we did think that. I thought, okay, it's like that is it, right? Uh, yeah, and you, you, uh, we're giving you Donald Trump pretty soon, so get ready. For yeah, that. yeah, thanks. For Thumbs that. up. I tell you what, if I if I actually watched that and Abby, I would have spoiled the fuck out of certain people who it spoiled my life. I'd go, yeah, this happens in Downton Abbey, bitches. Now deal with that. But I don't watch that. I never watched Downton Abbey. No, never I've got no interest in Downton Abbey. But it's like it's it's like this this season of Game of Thrones was the first season I actually watched like like pretty much live. Mm. Um, whereas the previous seasons, I I got the box set and watched it all. You know, not in in almost one go type thing. Sure. And and weirdly, this was the season where like I got more stuff spoiled. Mm-hmm. For and I don't know how that happened. Mm. But it was like, you're talking about like, you know, how long do you leave things? Well, certainly not the next fucking day. Yeah, I um, I have a, I, like, I'm so glad that I don't watch Game of Thrones and that I stopped watching um, Walking Dead. Right. Because those two shows seem to be the, the ones that people cannot control themselves about not going, oh, blah, this happened. Yeah, absolutely true. Yeah, it's very frustrating. And there's that whole thing where you're like, 
Well, I didn't see it last night, so I can't even look at the fucking internet until yeah. I get to be with this thing. Yeah. Yeah. Which is what was happening with Game of Thrones. It's like, one day, I just I couldn't go online. Just couldn't do it. You know, and what, I think the funny, the funny one, not necessarily funny, haha, funny more like for fuck's sake, is, um, you, people would, on Twitter, people would put spoiler and then put like asterisks either side and then put the spoiler. It's like, it's Twitter dude. By the time I've seen spoiler, I've already seen what you fucking written. Mm. <laughs> so here's the thing. Don't do it. Okay. I love how you say Twitter. 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 Yeah. Twitter. It's like Kate Nash. There's a there's a there's a song <laughs> by Kate Nash that always I always love because uh, my accent's not great, but she's got like an almost hilariously Cockney accent, hasn't she? And she when she sings, there's one line where she says something about he says I must eat so many lemons because I am so bitter. So- <laughs> <laughs> it always cracks me up, and I don't I don't know why. I just oh, enjoy it. Cheers, Brummy girl. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so before I go, yes, I have you know Brits, you know, in direct contact. Yeah, uh, Stacey and I were we were talking about Sylvia Kunk, and it, like I had to illegally oh. download the Kunk on Shakespeare because there was no way to watch it here. Um, and the Kunk, Philomena Kunk, Philomena oh. Kunk. Barry's that. looking at me like he doesn't know what that is. Do you I, watch Charlie Brooker's Scream Wife? Oh yeah, I do. Oh Philomena yes, that, that girl kind of just comes on and just. Is she I mean, got her own show admit, now or something. I've got to admit, I'm quite the fan of Barry Shippies, but. That's right. <laughs> Um, yeah. So my question is, you know, I'm a big fan of that. Now, right. I'm a big fan of uh, Catherine Tate show. Um, mm-hmm. Like, what in British comedy right now would I not be aware of? We, do you know we were talking about this earlier, weren't we? About how there's not there's slim pickings at the moment. Yeah, for British comedy. I, we, yeah, we were. It's like nothing. My husband to be a really great person to us, but he's gallivanting in the field. So yeah, nothing's really springing to mind. Um, I am. I'm a really big fan of. Uh, it's just finished over here, actually. So I don't know if you'd be able to get it over there. But um, Stuart Lee's comedy vehicle, um, yeah. which is mostly just him doing like stand up, but it's hella weird. Right. Like there's <laughs> there's one episode where he does a whole bit about a guy in a popperdom and spends a good like five or six minutes going. <laughs> And I was dying, and then occasionally he'll stop and he'll be like, are you sure you don't want to have some chutney with that? It sounds a bit dry. And he's like, no, no, I'm fine, thanks. <laughs> and I was, me and Rich were like proper like, <gasps> like laughing like we couldn't even control ourselves. Barry's looking at me like I'm mental. Oh, yeah. It's really <laughs> funny. It's funny when Stuart Lee does it because he's funny. <laughs> All right. I'm not funny. Clearly, he brings the comedy to eat the poppadom then. <laughs> Honestly, if you saw it, I'm going to show it to you the instant we finish this when okay. you're all delirious and you might find it funny. <laughs> it's going to be a short window. Yeah, I'm right. sorry. Well, that's the lead. Yeah. <laughs> Stuart Lee's comedy vehicle. It's, the, it's the only lead you're going to get, unfortunately. <laughs> I was ready to get inundated with uh, the but but definitely from a from a drama point of view, check out um, check out Ripper Street. I will. Oh, and do do find a touch of cloth if you can, because that's really yes, funny. that is funny. Really, funny. there are a lot of jokes about. I don't know if that's this is a thing that translates to America, but uh, like touching cloth is a reference to like being so desperate for a poo that it's almost coming out and touching oh. your undercrackers. Is it? Yeah, did you not know that? That's why there's loads of no, jokes but, about like touching cloth with him. Yeah, but you know, there's also the, the, the TV show, A Touch of Frost. Yeah, I think that's the yeah. joke. I think that's why his name is Cloth, though, because it's Touch of Cloth, like right, okay. doing a shit. Right. Um, 
it's those are the kind of level of jokes you can expect from Touch of Cloth. It's great. Uh, fair enough. Sometimes you know you'll be watching something very British, uh, you know, and I'm sure you get this too. And you're watching something American, you're like, was I supposed to get that? Was there? Yeah. Was I missing something? And then watching Gavin and Stacey was frustrating because uh, James Corden and Ruth Jones would put in things to make fun of the Welsh that weren't even things, you know. <laughs> so there's there's one where the like this guy introduces him. He's a Welsh guy. And he's like he's like, "Hello, my name is Owen Jones." And before you ask, no, I don't. And I remember watching that going. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> is that a joke? Is that something that I'm supposed to make sense? But I don't think I don't think it actually means anything. I think it's just something they did to take the piss, right? Probably. Yeah. I've never watched Gavin and Stacey. That's another Stacey that I, that's a so you never Stacey. watched it. Yeah. I've watched yeah. it. It's funny. I was ranting earlier it's about the lack sweet. of good Stacey's yeah. and things. Yeah. Yeah, it's very sweet and funny, and but largely, I mean, my wife got me into. But largely, I was watching mm. for James Corden. I was just going to say, I don't know if I could tolerate it because my tolerance for James Corden is basically like none. Oh, uh, Smithy. Oh, sorry. I need people like. I got really cross that he got to be in two episodes of Doctor Who, and I've not been in any. <laughs> but I mean, I, I know I'm not yeah, an you, actor. You, yeah, but you get cross if anyone's in Doctor Who <laughs> apart from you. So. Only when they're a bit shit, though. Like, I can't get cross that, like, Peter Capaldi's in it, because he's amazing. And he's also, he's also the Doctor. Well, yeah, and I definitely couldn't be the Doctor. So. Uh, <laughs> on that note. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm, I don't know if it'll be a very good one. I think we're ready for you as the Doctor. A lady, brummy Doctor. Shortest regeneration ever. Called it. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, I'd be brilliant. Is that, oh, don't try that. <laughs> Sorry, did I forget to say mate or in it? Oh. <laughs> you, I think we're almost out of time, but do you remember that? Uh, I guess it was uh, the, I forget what it was for, uh, Comic Relief, the, the Curse of Fatal Death they did with uh, Rowan Atkinson yes. as the doctor. And then for like a minute, uh, Elizabeth Hurley was the doctor. Yes. That, yeah, I do remember. That actually would have been pretty cool. Yeah. Wasn't, and didn't she go off with Joanna Lumley? I was just going to say, yeah. <laughs> yes. She did, didn't she? Yeah. Yeah, because was he? Did was she? He the master? Yeah, no that's right. Because they, they just kept regenerating. I, was, I can't remember it really. I can't remember it that well. Mm. But um, yeah, yeah. Don't know if I'm ready for a lady doctor. No, really. I think I think it's taking a, a really good male role model away from young mm. lads. Mm. There's there's not many male characters in things that solve things with their brains instead of their fists. Yeah, that's mm. interesting. And yeah. And I think there's a lot of female characters in Doctor Who that are very, very balanced and awesome in their own right. That mm. I don't think we really need to make the Doctor a lady to have that as like a thing. I also think as well, if they had, before they kind of ran, ran her into the ground, if after they'd done River Song, because mm. there's so many characters they could have spun off. If they'd done River Song and then spun her off, mm. I thought she would have been great in her own series. I also think, is it Madame Vastra? who's effectively Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think she would have been really great in her own in her own series. Mm. Um, I'm not bothered if they decide to make you know the Doctor female, but I, I was saying you'd already done some really good characters mm. who are female who you could have actually spun out like Torchwood and given them their own shows, and mm. hopefully like. But instead be of getting that one based in a school, where it looks really weird. Oh, it's this class. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. It's not about strange. Could, could be great. Could be. Yes. I don't know anything about it except that it's called class. Yeah. Who knows? Mm. You can tell we come from different parts of Britain because right. he said class. Did I say class? <laughs> you did. <laughs> it's about as bad a push as I'm going to get. 
<laughs> on that note, uh, guess what? It's light outside. Um, hey. hey, thanks for joining us, Mr. Sturgis. It's hey, been lovely. It's my pleasure. Uh, I'm glad the Brexit hasn't caused your entire country to collapse. Um, <laughs> Yet. Yet. <laughs> but look, it got rid of a lot of really bad politicians. So Yeah. Yeah, but it's potentially putting some even worse ones there. I, ne- I never thought I'd see a day when I didn't want David Cameron to resign. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, that's like one of the signs of the apocalypse, surely. Yeah. When, I was, when I was tweeting, oh, God, what if he resigns? I was thinking, what is my life? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but anyway, yes, thank you. And um, I'm going to encourage everybody to get uh, The Four Norsemen of the Apocalypse when I've finished reading it. Yeah, damn right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, see, I'm going to do that now. I'm not going to wait till I finish reading it. What if the end's crap? Oh, the, <laughs> the ending is brilliant. Yeah, right. Well, no, Matt, would, I mean, I and Matt would know. So I'm going to take his word for it that the ending's going to be kick-ass. So I'm just going to go with that and still continue to pimp it. Brilliant. Yeah. Sounds great. Thumbs Boom. Up. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks, Thank Matt. You. Good luck. I hope you make it. Thank you very much. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Bye. See, now, now I've got to go another week. See, it's all started. Oh, you've opened the floodgates. Yeah, literally. Barry's opened his floodgates. My bum has, like, my bum and lower back are straight up numb. Have we got anything from social media? Probably not, because no one's going to be awake. Yeah, I was going to say, is anyone awake enough to say anything on the well, Twitters and that? I did a poll, because we were Ooh. talking about different types of TV shows, whether people preferred cliffhangers, complete shows, continuity, or all of it, I'm greedy. And um, 50% say complete shows, 25% continuity, and 25% say cliffhanger. Mm. Oh, so, so nobody wants all of the above? No, no. Oh. They know what they want. Yeah, and it's not <laughs> <laughs> Good. I'm going to call Taylor. He's our next guest. Where are we on the money front? Yeah, we're on the money front. The same. I think we need to do a push. Yeah, we do. Yeah. So, guys, what's yeah. the address, Stacey? Okay. Hello. What's up? Hello. You all right, dear? Yes. Yeah, I'm very Hello. little sleep. Huh? I'm on very little sleep. Oh, tell me about it. <laughs> Well, yeah, we're in the same boat right now, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah, we're 19, 19 and a half hours in, so uh, looking looking sprightly. No, that's that a lie. Like <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> so are you on little sleep because of something exciting? or I'm on little sleep because everything is coming at the last minute and I'm just you know trying to burn through all my work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. I, I imagine it must be really hard being a, a, a letterer sometimes because you're like possibly the last person to do stuff to a book and so if other people have been like late or slow it must be really frantic yeah pretty much <laughs> <laughs> oh dear oh i feel just like general like hiccups on you know first issue or something it's always like you know we want to put our best foot forward and we take a little too long with things and then you know we're just late <laughs> <laughs> are you allowed to actually talk about anything that you're doing this time? Because the last time we spoke, you were like, "Oh, I'm doing this, but I can't, I can't tell you about it." Uh, yeah, I can talk about some stuff. Some stuff's actually come out. Um, Jade Street Protection Services came out uh, from Black Mask, which I don't know if you guys got it over there yet. It's um, like a semi all ages book about magical girls and a street gang and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm tired trying to remember all of it right now. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so that one just came out and we got good press on it. Uh, it just sold out and it's going to second printing, which is cool. Nice. 
Uh, I'm working on season two of Heroin Chic on Webtoons, which is, should be out, I think, next week. Uh, doing Dents on Webtoons. And what else am I working on? Uh, <laughs> Million Dollar Man. Ooh. Uh, I just finished the Shadow Twilight Zone crossover. Nice. What's am I working on? I think goodies are here. <laughs> uh, oh, I'm finishing. I, we're getting close to the end of the Grim Fairy Tales from Zenoscope. Mm-hmm. And I just started the new Robin Hood series for them. And that's all I can think of right now. But that's, that's plenty of work. I was just going to say that's all you can think of right now. Is, is It's about a billion times more work than I ever do on any given day. <laughs> My work is a lot less complicated yes. too. Hi, Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> Barry just went to the little boy's room and half How are you, ret- you doing so far? Um, I'm doing good. I'm, I'm, we're at 19 hours. I, mm-hmm. I'll admit I am starting to flag. Yeah. But the sun's just coming up. But the so sun's coming up and I've got whiskey in my hand, so it's all to play for, yeah. as we say over here. <laughs> That's, that sounds like a great way to start the morning. Yeah. Damn, yeah, it's how, to be fair, it's how I start most mornings. I was just going to say, I've got to that point now where I don't know whether drinking bourbon's acceptable because it feels too early. Oh, yeah, good but point. But it's, it's like I haven't it's stopped. Before, it's okay. Yeah, it's, it's, it's still technically the night in my yeah. mind because I've not been to bed yet, so mm. it's exactly. all good. If you fall asleep, then it's too early. Yeah. I think when the sun comes up, I might stop drinking bourbon because that, like, when it comes up proper, because I'll feel like I'm proper day drinking. Yeah, good point. <laughs> well, then just switch to Bloody Mary and it'll be alright. Yeah. <laughs> See, I don't like Bloody Marys because tomato juice can go fuck itself. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you put all the spices in it. Ugh, no. My husband once handed me a very red drink at a cocktail bar and said, try that, you'll love it. And I was expecting it to be like a strawberry puree type situation. Uh, and it was, a, it was a Bloody Mary with like habanero sauce or something in there. Ooh. And I was just like, I fucking hate, why, why are we married? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds amazing. No, it was the worst. Uh, <laughs> I did not enjoy that. No. No. Why do you want to drink something spicy? I don't know. It's a wake-up call. It's like, yeah, no, my it, system's up. It doesn't seem <laughs> yeah. refreshing. It seems like, ah, my mouth is on like, fire. I, I actually do find it refreshing. Like, whenever my wife and I go to get brunch, I always get one. Because mm. it's just packed with ice and celery and stuff. It just feels cold. I'm like, yes. <laughs> You're not selling me. You know what else is refreshing? Ice water. Don't that is also refreshing. Nice gin and tonic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> A nice whiskey with some ice in it yeah. is quite refreshing. Yeah, that'll do. I'll do nice. I've actually drunk more than half a bottle of whiskey. You have? I'm almost halfway through this bourbon and I've been drinking it neat too. Um, all right. Um, I mean, I'm just saying that I'm great. Hardcore. That's, that's a, that's a big, that's a big ass measure of. It is, isn't it? That is like, <laughs> yeah. You can't see it, but that is a seriously big measure that's, of. That's, uh, well, it bourbon. was, I've, that's about, like, that's, I've drunk quite a lot out of that as well, so it's a good couple of fingers who are. Yeah, that's um, like, no, that's not, that's like a hand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like going in going, I'll have a hand of whiskey, please. <laughs> I, um, can I get a face full of whiskey? <laughs> yeah, just keep can pouring. You just, to, can you just hook it to my veins? Yeah, I'll, I'll say when, not you. <laughs> just leave a bottle, mm. throw away. <laughs> I've always wanted to, and I think that's from like watching too many westerns. I always wanted to walk into a place and go, I'll have a whiskey, and then leave the bottle. And then, but then I know in reality will be leave the bottle and they go, that'd be like 40, that'd be 40 pounds. Mm. Actually, no, you're right, mate. Just, just the glass is fine. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the thing. Back in those westerns, it was like, what, 
five dollars. <laughs> yeah, Jeremy. Like Western style, I'd love to go into like a saloon and ask for a sarsaparilla, even though I don't know what they are because it sounds sassy. Uh, it's I'd, a root beer. It's what? It's root beer. Oh no, that's ruined it. No. I wanted it to be something like sexy and exotic. You can't. No, it's just ruin my illusions now. It can be in your in your mind. Can I make uh, a cocktail with it? Like put some, I don't know. Something snazzy in there. You can. Like an amaretto. An amaretto would be nice. Yeah, put gin in it. Just put, put gin, gin in, in it. it. Call it a gin, gin gorilla. I had a cocktail the other week. Um, I realised that we should probably talk about Taylor in a minute. But yes. um, I had a cocktail. No, no, <laughs> I had a cocktail the other week because there's a new place that's opened in Birmingham that has like 150 cocktails. Um, and, uh, and I walked in and I was like, hey, what's your most alcoholic thing? Because I feel like getting drunk. And, um, and they said, well, we've got, I can't remember what it's called now. But it was it was kind of like you know a Long Island iced tea that's got mm. like four different boozes and then you just show it a bit of Pepsi. Show it. <laughs> it was like that except it was uh, it was five different boozes and you just sort of waft some cranberry juice near it. <laughs> there was essentially nothing else in there, and he was like, "There you go, that'll be seven quid." And I was like, "Fucking get in!" And uh, and then he informed me that it was a two for one and put another one down in front of me, and I was like, "Oh my god, heaven!" Uh, it. It wasn't a good evening, wasn't it? No, I um, I got drunk really fast, and then I went to see a comedy show, which was David Cross, who's amazing, right? And I love him, uh, but he he does a lot of like political comedy, and because I was drunk, I was like, I'm not I'm not ready for Brexit comedy because this was the day before the vote was announced, and he was like making you know potential Brexit jokes, right? And I was like, I'm not I'm not ready for that, man. I'm not. Yeah. It's not funny to me yet. Like <laughs> once we voted, remain. Oh wait. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next day oh, all shit. hell broke loose yeah. yeah and then I needed more cocktails uh, just to get me through the day I do love a good cocktail I like a, I like a good cocktail mm. what's your favourite? Um, <laughs> that's fair enough yeah, I mean that to be to be fair whiskey is my drink of choice but fairly whiskey um, I do like a Long Island iced tea Ooh, or, or a mojito just because oh, yeah. I, like, I like the word mojito. Or someone goes, mojito. It's cool. Or mojitos, as I used to call them, because I'd never heard anyone else say it out loud, and I didn't realise it was a <laughs> what, soft what, what did you say? Mojito. <laughs> so right. can I get, like, three mojitos? And they're like, what do you want to be? <laughs> sounds like a detergent. <laughs> it does, uh, I'm a bit of a fan of an amaretto sour myself. Okay, okay. I could never get past mojitos, like, having mint in it. I'm like, I don't want, like... <laughs> Fucking vegetation in my food. I don't, yeah, I don't want greenery in my drink. Fuck off. It's weird. I like, I just like mojitos because it says, because they're called mojitos. Yeah, I also don't like things that sometimes, like, if you drink them through a straw, that, like, random bits of, like, foliage can just No, I mean, that, I mean, that in is your a bit mouth. Like, bleh, bleh. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that. <laughs> to be fair, I don't know how, how small they cut your mint leaves, but chances are they're not going to go up the straw. No, but they, they sort of mush. With the lime and the mint, they have to like crush it to make the drink taste minty. And so you do get little bits that are like, no thanks. I will say, to, to be honest, I did try a, um, oh, what do you call that thing? Whiskey sour. Whiskey sour. Mm-hmm. No, wait, what was it? It was, it was whatever Don Draper drank on Mad Men, only because I was, I just finished watching the show and I'm like, let me try this thing. And I was like, it's too fruity. I don't like it. <laughs> I am. Um, the only whiskey drinks I know are old fashions, and they're not too fruity. That's, that's it. it was the old fashioned. I tried old fashioned. Oh, right. I like old fashioned. And I was not a fan. Well, I've not, I've not had that. So an what's old, in that then? An old fashioned is essentially mostly whiskey and a bit of sort of sugary syrup stuff. 
Right, and then yeah. you sort of like, rub an orange near it. And I'm not actually exaggerating when I say that. They like peel an orange and like rub it around and sort of, there you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah. And then they also put um, those cherries in it and I'm, I'm not a cherry person. Oh, no, no, that's just nonsense now. Yeah. I don't need garnishes on a drink. You, I, usually I just like, just drink. Mm. If you want to stick some ice in there, that's all good. But, you know. Not too much though. She don't no. want to water down your whiskey. No, I know. <laughs> Never asked for whiskey and coke in Scotland. I know you got lynched up there. Oh, yeah, don't do that, you fool. Yeah, I learned that the hard way. Whiskey and water. Ew. Yeah, that's all That's all they'll allow. Or, or straight whiskey. Yeah, like a splash of water. Yeah, a splash of water. That's oh, it. That's yeah, really none bizarre. of that. Like, uh, I literally got whiskey and coke, and when he came back, he actually bought a jug of water and the whiskey. Did not bring coke. It's like, that's just like, it's like I didn't even hear what you said. You clearly <laughs> said, I have a little bit of water with it. I was like, okay. Because <laughs> I'm not going to argue because I'm in Edinburgh. I'm not going to argue. That's fine. Yeah, no, I'm that's well out of my comfort mistake. zone. Um, but it was good. I, I mean, I, yeah, I'm drinking it with Coke. I'm just sort of have a bit of Coke and caffeine in me. But um, I do generally drink whiskey straight because I like, especially a single malt, I do prefer to drink that mm. straight because I can. Um, but I think for many years, because I drank crap whiskey... Bells. Bells and blended stuff and all the rest of it. I think that was why I realised I was flooding it with everything because if I didn't, it would strip my skin off. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's funny because, like, I have two favourites right now. One is one that I got as a gift um, from a friend. Uh, It was Woodford Reserve. Oh, that's a good one. It's really good. I was like, wow, this is amazing whiskey. Yeah. And she's like, oh, yeah, this is like what they use the Kentucky Therapy to make all the drinks. Like, all right, this is awesome. I like this. The other one I like is Old Grandad because it basically <laughs> strips the paint off any. I don't. I've not heard, <laughs> I've that, heard one. that. It is like cheap, like you know, like the cheapest of the cheap whiskey. But it it's the kind that you know they say it'll put hair on your chest. Yeah, <laughs> it'll put hair on your hair. It's like that. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then it will strip it. <laughs> it's like I got it when we went up to. Uh, well, I tried it first at a friend's house. Then we went up to uh, Salem for Halloween, and I was like, I just want something stiff and cheap. <laughs> <laughs> and it was good. Now, now it's hanging out underneath my desk. I always think this. For those really hard nights. I was going to say, I always think this certain whiskeys where if I was attacked by a supernatural entity, I'd just throw that glass of whiskey in their face and it's all good because the whiskey's that bad. It would just, it would just strip it from mm-hmm. them. Yeah, it's, it's like holy water. Do you know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. Sorry. <laughs> I'm trying to catch my breath here. So we should talk about Taylor, perhaps. We should talk about Taylor. Um, he's actually allowed to talk about a lot of the things he's doing now, which is good, because um, I think he came on for the, was it September show last year? Which seems oh. like, yeah, seems like far too long ago now. But um, I know. I, I'm surprised it's that long ago. But Yeah. yeah. But, uh, it's like started here, so. <laughs> but Taylor couldn't talk about anything he was doing then, because it was all typically top secret. Oh. So there wasn't a lot of noise from Taylor's side of life. I exist. Lots of I can either confirm nor deny. Yeah. I am currently working. On stuff. <laughs> I, I was just, it was like a Ron Swanson interview. Yes. <laughs> no. What concept on the side? <laughs> Perhaps. Does that come with extra bacon? Ooh, bacon. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you, like just to go back to drinking one more time. <laughs> He's the reason why I drink whiskey uh, neat now. Oh. <laughs> I, was, I was drinking it with soda, and then I was like, you know what? I want to be more like Ron. I think we could all stand to be a bit more like Ron Swanson. <laughs> I would not have a problem with that. Yeah, I think he's a bit wonderful. He won me over when um, it basically 
wanting all the meats like all the times. So I was like, yep, <laughs> that'll do. It's like my spirit animal. <laughs> that, that's kind of one of the reasons why I started watching the show. Someone showed me like all his t- all the clips of him eating meat or talking about meat. And I was like, yeah, I'm down with this guy. I'll <laughs> do. I feel like um, I feel like I'm a bit of a cross between Ron Swanson, but if you take away like all the practical skills he has in terms of like survival and carpentry and stuff, um, and replace those with like the social awkwardness of Tina Belcher from Bob's Burgers, <laughs> <laughs> that's essentially me. I've never seen Bob's. Burgers. You absolutely have to watch Bob's Burgers. Oh, you have to watch it's great. It's wonderful. It's the one that's done by the the guy who does the voice, the same guy as the voice for Archer. That's right. Yes, oh, it's okay. basically Archer, but. Pathetic and owns a diner. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because I, I didn't get it because there's a there's an episode of Archer where he kind of yeah. he's he's in witness protection or something and he's working in a burger joint. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's on on the show. Yeah. yeah, and there's a whole bit of a history of violence when guys come in and he kind of kills them and stuff. And, and someone says, "Oh yeah, because he's in Bob's Burgers." It's like, "Is he? What's Bob's Burgers?" I love Bob's Burgers. So I might have to check that out then. Certainly, if he's doing the worst, I love Archer. Yeah. Love that show. And I mean, honestly, just just for the kids alone, that show is perfect. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Yeah. All three of them are funny. One of them is uh, Kristen Shaw, who I'll laugh at anything she's in. <laughs> I, and I don't know who plays the other two, but the one that's Tina is perfect. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm sure Tina's played by a guy, and I can't remember. I, think I want to I wanna say funny. Dan Mintz. I think he's got this, like, quite deadpan delivery, but it's just wonderful. Because Tina's, like, really socially awkward and a bit weird, and, like, she writes erotic friend fiction, which are like <laughs> stories about her classmates and sexy encounters. <laughs> one, of, one of my favorite lines of hers is, I'm no hero, I put my bra on one boob at a time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the other kid is, uh, is Gene, who's played by Eugene Merman, I think, who's just obsessed with playing his tiny little keyboard. Um, and he's wonderful. It's really funny. It's really funny. It's one of those shows that I, I sort of started watching almost like in the background thinking, oh, you know, like, this is an acceptable, you know, it's not going to offend me, so I can do other things while this is on. And then I just got addicted, because it's really funny. Bob's Burgers. Well, let's be honest, for, for you, it's no Rick and Morty. Oh, no, like, my my level of obsessions for TV shows, nothing comes close to Rick and Morty for that. <laughs> like, I'm, like, almost constantly, when I'm not doing something actually productive with my day. So I've now taught Stace, um, today, something about Rick and Morty. Yeah. So, Stace, if someone walks up to you, a random guy in the street, we'll call him Joe, mm-hmm. um, and says, hey, what's this Rick and Morty? How would you pitch it to them? I would pitch it to them as, imagine if Doc and Marty swore and got drunk and travelled through space and had some adventures, some of which were a bit inappropriate. This <laughs> 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 is essentially it. Um, I, yeah, I spend far too much time on the internet looking into, like, conspiracy theories around Rick and Morty and fan theories and fan fiction, fan art, and, uh, like, there's so much, there's so, like, because I don't know, are you, like, have you seen all the Rick and Morty, uh, both series, Taylor? No, no, I just catch it whenever I see it on. Oh, Ooh, I don't want to, sp- I'm offended by spoilers, it's fine. Okay, well, there's, there's two episodes where, um, most, there's, like, a really, like, really convincing theory online that it's, it's not the Rick and Morty from our universe that we're following in mm-hmm. those and there's like a really convincing argument for it and I hate stuff like that because then I have to start questioning everything that I see <laughs> <laughs> I'm like Whoa, what am I looking at and also it's making me panic that um, the way series 2 ended which I definitely won't spoil because it actually made me cry um, the way series 2 ended 
as soon as it finished, I was texting um, Lee Grice and basically saying, like, why didn't you warn me uh, that I needed to buy cakes and comfort foods? Because, ah. And he replied back, wouldn't it be, like, weird if Series 3 was just a different Rick and Morty and you never found out what happened to this one? (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you, Lee. (laughs) Why would you even say that? Barry's looking confused again, but it's because there's alternate realities all over the place in Rick and Morty. And and I've been drinking for the last yeah. 10 hours. There's like infinite Ricks and Mortys. Come on, if you can follow the DC universe, you can follow Rick and Morty. I can't no, follow, I the can't follow the DC universe. <laughs> I, read, I read the first issue of Rebirth, which everyone lost their shit over. And, like, and, right. I, kind of, and I was literally, right? That, that was my review of it. Yeah, it, was, like, it was, yeah, it's all right. I'll be honest, I loved it. I got to see Wally again. It was full of joy, Batman was smiling, it's like, this is good. I think, when I say it's alright, it's not that necessarily this, but I think so much of it, and Dave and I talked about this on our podcast, um, so much of it was wrapped in a, a foreknowledge of what had gone before. Mm. Um, so a lot of people who really enjoyed it were kind of like, well, like if, especially what you've just said, Taylor, like, you know, I saw Wally smiling, I see Batman smiling. Whereas for me, a lot of that stuff I didn't know, because mm-hmm. um, I dipped in and out of DC, so a lot of the stuff that people would, oh, I can't believe they've done that. It's so great that they're bringing that person back and whatever, kind of went over my head. Mm-hmm. And because there'd been so much hype around it, when I actually sat to read it, I actually thought, yeah, it was okay. You know, I didn't think it was awful. I just thought, I thought it was okay because it was just so much of it. just the story there to follow it, but you might not get all of the emotional beats out of it. I guess. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's what it was. And I think I was expecting... um not something more is the right to put it, but I, I think like I said I think it'd been a bit too overhyped for me by the mm-hmm. time I got around to reading it um, and then we had the I don't know how many um, rebirth titles there are now mm-hmm. um, I think every book is getting a rebirth yeah and I just I, I can't I just can't keep doing it I can't my, my simply because my wallet can't do it my wallet can't stretch to mm-hmm. oh trust me I know you know that, that sort of constant rebirth stuff and, and all the rest of it and then you go know, back to Marvel and stuff so I kind of thought I might try and check out a couple of titles um, <clears throat> see I picked up the um, the Wonder Woman uh, rebirth Which one story, that yeah. that was which is um, Liam Sharp I think the yeah, DR, yeah. Um, is it was it Rucker was it Rucker doing the writing on that I think he's writing that story yeah um, he's writing the other story and that was brilliant. I really enjoyed that. So I kind of think, well, I might, I might stick with that. Certainly for the first, um, first trade anyway, first arc. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, there's so many of the rest of them that I'm like, I can't, I just can't do it. I may, I maybe might do Batman. I won't do Superman. Um, but that'd be it. You're but Superman? Sorry? You said you're not doing Superman? No, I don't think I'll do Superman. Um, because I'm, I'm one of those kind of people. I tend to prefer my, I tend to prefer Superman on screen than I do in, in, in the comics. Um, so I was a big sort of fan of like Christopher Reeve back in the day um, and I actually you know I really enjoyed Hi Stace I really enjoyed uh, Man of Steel um, Batman Superman I say it was a great movie what Batman Superman yeah I liked it do you know I I, um, I enjoyed Batman Superman um, I know a lot of people didn't um, I, I was saying to someone like my benchmark is literally if I come out of a film and I say I, I was entertained. You said this before earlier, um, and I came out of that film and I was entertained. Yeah, I'm not saying it was there wasn't a lot wrong with it. Oh, of course. I mean, uh, I'd be a fool to say that there was nothing wrong with it. Yeah, I got what I wanted out of that movie. Yeah, I'm with it. You know, um, 
I still, I think one of the biggest things for me was what I really wanted was um, Man of Steel 2. I didn't mm. really want Batman v Superman. I get that. That's that's a fair thing, you know? Like, I mean, I was excited because I got to see Batman again, and finally, nothing against, excuse me, no, because I love those movies, but I got to see a proper, you know, comic book Batman. I, I've got to say, um, I mean, I loved uh, Christian Bell, the Christian Bell Batman films anyway. I really enjoyed those. But um, I really liked um, Ben Affleck's Batman. Yeah, I mean, he was he was Batman. He was, he was Batman. Um, and he was a Batman he didn't want to fuck about with. Because no. <laughs> <laughs> he, he messed people up properly. And it was kind of like um, I played the Arkham Knight Batman games. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fighting in it was very similar. Exactly. The fighting exactly. style. Raw jumping around, like yeah. Because the thing, I, as much as I love the Batman movies, you never saw him do stuff like that. No, it was always like either those awful close-ups and begins, which is one thing that killed that movie for me, or like you actually see the fighting style, and it's like you know, I get it, it's practical, but it's not exciting. Yeah, but I think also as well the sometimes with the fighting style in um, Batman Begins certainly, and this is a bit of a, a thing in a lot of action films these days with martial arts, unless it's like your actual hard, you know, old school martial arts, um, in that the, because the actors can't physically keep up with it, you get lots of quick cuts. So, Which I get, you know, you know I, 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 it's, it's demanding movement, yeah. costumes, I get all that. But then as a kid growing up, I watched a lot of like Asian cinema, a lot of the kind of martial arts coming out of there, and those, those guys weren't doing quick cuts. You were seeing all of those moves. And I, those guys were also train martial arts. Yeah, yeah, exa- yeah, exactly. It was dedicated to just yeah, like, how to how to make a fight look real when it's not. Yeah, and that's the, and that and that is the difference, and mm-hmm. um, which is why like it, you know the Matrix blew so many people's minds. It was like, oh my god, I've never seen martial arts like that before. And I was kind of like, well, I was watching martial arts like that for like the last ten years, dude. Um, but I think with the Christian Bell Batman. Because it was a quick cut, close-up stuff. When he was doing the fight stuff, I didn't mind. What it's called the Casey method, I think it is. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't mind the fighting style because there's a there's a there's in one of the extras it shows them sort of training and, and using the style, and it looked really cool. But the problem is when they when they film it, it's lots of quick cuts, lots of close-ups, really quick cuts. So you don't the fluidity is kind of lost from it. And I think mm-hmm. what they did with Batman in Batman v Superman was they kind of put their fluidity back in. Um, and he was just, he was just clearing rooms of thugs like no one's business and just, mm-hmm. and taking people out hardcore. You know, people weren't That's getting one of shots from that movie is like when he slams the guy face first into the ground. Like, yeah. He goes through the floor. Yeah. You're like, that, that, that guy's not getting up. I mean, <laughs> I mean yeah, he might have killed the guy. I'm not saying yeah. he didn't, but he didn't intend to kill him. He just smashed his head through the floor. Yeah. The thing is, I don't think I would mind if he did intend to kill him because I don't feel like this Batman is a Batman that's... Like, I feel like this one's been around a long time. He's seen a lot of shit. That's the whole point. Wasn't a it? Lo- yeah, a yeah. lot of stuff has happened to him and he's maybe not quite so on the... Well, if they die, fuck them, they're crooks. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not going to try and kill them, but... <laughs> the thing nobody got about this movie is that neither one of them is really... The characters yet, like yeah. Superman, still going up to becoming Superman. Yeah, and Batman's just like he's at the edge, you know, the edge of his uh, rope, mm-hmm. and he's got to pull back. Mm-hmm. I think when we get to the next movie, it's going to be like, okay, now Batman realizes he has to restrain himself, and Superman finally realizes what he's supposed to do, and yeah, then they are those characters. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, 
it will be interesting to see um, what they do with Justice League. Um, yeah. And I think also as well, you know, I think a lot of people kind of arrive about the V Superman, but I think the thing is as well, people forget um, we've had so, the last sort of 10 years or so, we've had so many superhero movies that we forget what life was like before we had superhero movies, mm-hmm. comic book movies, you know, and we have, we've got spoiled, we have been spoiled, um, and we've got quite a high benchmark of expectation. And I can't say, can you imagine if they brought out Batman? And I'm sure people go, oh, I still would have hated it. Okay, maybe you would have done. But can you imagine if they brought out Batman v Superman, like, as it looked, exactly as it looked when um, the first Batman came out with Michael Keaton and that came out oh instead of Martin Keaton? People would have lost their mind. People would have lost their, I don't, people I, would have lost their mind. People wouldn't have had the same mm. angst that they did. Because there would what be nothing saying, to compare it against. But I don't think having more superhero movies now than before is an excuse to ha- to make bad ones. No, no, that's, no, 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 that's, no. No, 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 but like, I don't, not, I don't no, feel but, like just because it's like, no, it's the not, only one that exists, so we must like it. No, that's not what I'm saying. But what, but, but the thing is, it's kind of like, when, so, when I, when you, when I saw Superman the movie, there was nothing to compare it to. And, and, and that tagline was like, <clears throat> you believe a man can fly with a, I sat there as a kid, wide-eyed, whenever he took off, going, Jesus, you know, um, but you watch Man of Steel and he's flying, any superhero film now where someone flies and it's like matter of fact, you don't get that same, oh my God, you don't get the same awe that you get because you're seeing something for the first time that you've never seen before. Mm-hmm. And that's what I mean. I'm not saying that you wouldn't necessarily go and see Batman v Superman and still come out of it going, okay, that was bad. There's certain things that that was bad. But you've got to think, you'd be going into it for the first time seeing this is the very first interpretation of Batman on the big screen that I'm going to see. Mm-hmm. And what you're going to see is Ben Affleck kicking fucking ass, right? He this is the first adaptation of Superman I'm going to see. Not, well, not the first adaptation. I think you might still struggle with the Superman side of it, to be honest, mm-hmm. given that, because Chris, Chris Reeve did such a great job. I think you would always struggle with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just think overall, you wouldn't have the same, because a lot of people who, were doing comparisons to Marvel movies. That's what they were doing. I could go into that and I could tell you what I didn't like about Batman v Superman, you know. But a lot of people were doing that. Well, it wasn't as good as this. It wasn't as that. So what I'm trying to say is if you stripped all that away, I think a lot of people would still come out and go, yeah, there were flaws in it, but Jesus, you know, for for a first attempt at a Batman film with Superman in there, it's a pretty good attempt. That's, I think, more what people would say. Um, But I think because you've had the three Batman films, well, you had the Michael Keaton Batman films, then you had all the other Batmans, then went to shit, then you had the Christian Bell Batmans, mm. um, you then got all the Superman films and stuff like that, um, then you've got this, and you've got all the Marvel films, on top of that, there's just a wealth of superhero stuff to compare it to, um, it's always, and, and there was a lot of issues with it anyway, mm. I think it was really, it was always going to come out a bit wanting, and I think the problem was, is because they based it on such a well-known graphic novel, mm. See, the, the 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 thing for me that, that bothered me the most is that I didn't feel like they stuck to one thing and maybe that would have been better. Like, it, the difficulty for me was when I was watching it was it felt it felt like a slog because it felt like it was trying to introduce me to Batman. whilst at the So it was trying to be like a, ba- a Batman Begins type thing. But at the same time, it was trying to be Man of Steel 2 and, and showing me yeah. some more Superman. Whilst at the same time, it was trying to be Wonder Woman movie thing and 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 it was like a big trailer for 
Justice League. Yeah. <laughs> like that bit in the middle where literally all of the action stops so we can just watch literally three tiny trailers for Justice League <laughs> was ludicrous to me. I was like, what are you fucking... Like, that's what actual trailers for the movie are for. <laughs> um, and it felt like they were... Not only were they trying to shove all of that in there, they were also trying to do like some of Dark Knight. They were trying to do some of uh, Death of Superman. They were trying to do... Like, they were just like... They just tried to shove so much in there, thinking fans will love this because yeah. they love these comics. Shove, shove, and it's like, well, you know, sometimes less is more. To me, it would have made more. It would have made more sense to have actually done Man of Steel two, mm-hmm. using a lot of the ideas that they used in Batman v Superman. This idea of like he's he's messed shit up with Zod and mm-hmm. that's messed the earth up, and blah blah blah. Um, and then maybe having sprinkling the Batman in there, or refer- certainly references mm-hmm. to him. And maybe at the end, having like Bruce Wayne, you know, I don't know. And then doing Dark Knight Returns as your third film, um, where effectively you're introducing Batman much more prevalent to it and you've got more time because you've already set Superman up now in two films to almost sort of go to him later on. He's a bit more of a government stooge now because he's helping, you know, and Batman's under, underground. And you could have done a lot more of the stuff that people liked from, um, Dark Knight Returns. Mm-hmm. Um, but, Again, for me, I, I, I still, I, I enjoyed it. You know, I, I, I did enjoy it. Um, but I, I did come out thinking I could see flaws in it. I could understand. So when people say to me, I didn't like that film, I'm like, okay, I, I get where you're coming from. But I just, yeah, I enjoyed it. I mean, here's my thing. Like, I don't care if someone doesn't enjoy it. Like, yeah. fine. You know, like, I didn't enjoy, I don't know, um, Avengers. I didn't. Like, mm-hmm. I, it's Joss Whedon's script. I can't stand his writing. Mm-hmm. It did nothing for me. I can see why people like it. But when people just say, oh, it's terrible, I didn't see it, it's just terrible, I'm like, well, give it a chance first. Yeah. You know, like, I'm okay with you watching it and making an informed opinion that you didn't like it. The second you're like, oh, it was, it was crap. It's like, well, did you see it? No, I I, I don't like Zack Snyder, I don't like this one, I don't like that mm. one. It's like, well, you're not giving it a chance. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I think it is that thing of commenting from an informed point of view. Um, and it's, it's that thing, it's, which is like us, you know, and I've done that where I've seen a trailer go, well, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go and see it because I don't think I'll like it. And that's probably the, the be all end all of my comments on it. That's the, tra- the point the thing, of the trailer. <laughs> yeah. You saw it being offered and you're like, well, I don't think it's for me. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I might watch it on DVD like months later and go, actually, I was completely, the trailer, you know, didn't do a good job, whatever. I was completely wrong. I really enjoyed it or go, yeah, I was pretty much bared out. Yeah. I didn't really enjoy it in the end. Um, but it's when you sort of go, but I would never say to other people, um, don't go and see that because it, because it's rubbish. And it's like, well, have you seen it? No, but other people have said it's rubbish. I, w- I might say other people say it's rubbish, but I wouldn't say to anyone else, don't go and see it. No, I mean, I, I've enjoyed many movies that people hate. Yeah, likewise. Because it's like my thing, like, that people will, you know, have a revisionist history, but I like that act like Daredevil. I mean, yeah, it has its problems, but I liked it. Mm-hmm. No, me too. Yeah. It's like, well, okay, it was it was a thing. You know, not everyone had to like it. I didn't like parts of it. Ha, but have you seen the, ex- the extended cut yet? No, I I actually haven't, and I keep hearing it's even better. But yeah, I've heard that as well. I just I don't have time to get back to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, because the extended cut's like what, like three three four hours, yeah. something something crazy isn't like that, that, isn't it? It's it is. Well, I mean, the, the the film itself when it came out in cinema was quite long anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. Are you sure it just didn't feel long? Well, probably that as well. <laughs> um, sorry, I just got distracted by yeah, uh, uh, Skype. Well, you're like 20 hours in now, Skype right? booped at me and I got confused. I am. 
<laughs> I am uh, uh, slightly, yeah, bamboozled now. <laughs> so I think I missed the list of things that you're sort of working on. Um, what did I say? Uh, Six Million Dollar Man. <gasps> yes, it's awesome. Uh, first issue, like, hasn't come out yet, but it's coming out, like, maybe in a couple weeks. Right. It's good. Very good. Uh, I just finished Twilight Zone Shadow. Uh, J Street from Black Mask, uh, which I was just telling uh, Stace before, it's sold out of its first printing. We're going to a second. Wow. Uh, what else did we do? We have gone crazy. Uh, <laughs> Oh yeah, there's the two web strips, Heroin Chic, which is coming back this week, I think, and Dense, both of them online webtoons. Uh, what else? I think that's all I said before. There's other stuff that, it's almost out. Oh, the Zenoscope books, Grim, which is ending, and Robin Hood, which just started. Cool. I love me some Robin Hood. Can't be Disney's Robin, Robin Hood's the tits. The, uh, <laughs> the with animals? Yeah. Yeah. I love that movie. It's really good. Uh, I remember getting really distressed by it when I was a kid, though. You know, the bit when they're all in prison because they yeah, that, pay their taxes. Really downer scene. It's like, yeah. <laughs> I see. I always my sort of two sort of go to Robin Hoods is obviously um, Errol Flynn. Um, I love that film. Men mine's, in, mine's Carrie Always. Is what? Oh, was that Men in Tights? Oh, Men in Tights. I love oh. Men in Tights. See, I just for me that, that Errol Flynn one is, has, with the exception of Ray's Lost Art, has one of the best introductions of a hero, mm. where he kind of goes to Nottingham Castle, kicks open the door, and he's got like a, a giant sort of like calf or, or cow or moose on his back that he's killed, and he kind of walks through all the, and he just throws it on Prince John's desk, and it's like compliments to King Richard. God bless him. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you tell him, Robin. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, I love that film. And uh, Robin of Sherwood, which was a UK TV show, which I loved. Oh, I thought... Oh, I th- never brought over here. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, the, I always get this one confused with the kids' one that's like, like called like Maid Marion and uh, Mary. No, it's not that one. Something or other. I forget. Robin Sherwood, well, for starts eighty, 80s, so that probably puts you straight um, out. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it it's very, and it was a very different take because it was a lot more supernatural. Hmm. Um, and the theme is it was done by Clannard. Robin, the hooded man. It's awesome. Awesome. I'm sure it is. It was. It was. <laughs> trust me. After 20 hours, you should trust me by now. Yeah. I've lost all faith in everything after these 20 hours, I'll be honest. Still, I, don't, I don't know which way's up. We've still got another, like, we've got less than four hours to go now, though. Less than four hours, yeah. Yeah. And, and like, it's light outside. Yeah, I feel now. like I have, I should finish this massive measure of bourbon. I know. Because before, it's too light outside before, for it now. And then, like, that's, that's me done drinking wise because it's light out now. Yeah, it's now Sunday morning yeah. and that's excessive drinking. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah, that is classed as excessive drinking now. Yeah. We're moving yeah. into that stage now if we don't finish our drinks in the next sort of like, it's like vampires now the sun's coming up. We've got to finish our drinks otherwise we'll like burst into like flame. <laughs> You know, every time someone says vampires, the first thing I go to now is don't let them in. Don't let them <laughs> in. And that's probably Archer's fault because of the FBI episode. Mm-hmm. It's like, don't let them in. They're not vampires. They're FBI. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love Archer so much. See, what was weird with Archer was like, I, I sort of stopped starting it. I, I tried to watch it to begin with. And the animation, certainly in the first season, was quite different to what I'd seen before. Quite sort of stop starty, juttery. I don't know. I had to describe it and um I was kind of like oh, I'm just this isn't for me I just no not for me and I'd, so I didn't watch it again for ages and then 
I think I was had iron instinct and I sort of put it on again and, and blitzed through the first season and then went straight on to the second season. I thought this is this is one of What's the funniest shows. Season, it really picks up steam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of and I think it's that thing now with shows and it's it's a difficult thing to say. So I almost want to say now with shows like sometimes if I think I'm struggling with a show, stop watching it and go, I'll come back in the second season. Mm-hmm. Um because I think so many shows that I probably that I stopped watching that I think probably I should go back to and check out their second season. Cause some because like Buffy's a prime example where like the first season of Buffy was okay. Mm-hmm. Um but in the second season, it really kind of, it's like it's found its feet. It's like we know what sort of show we are. We know what, what, who we're appealing to. We know the sort of comedy we'll do. We know what the, the, the action we want to do. And it just finds its feet. And I think there's a lot of other shows like that where they, they hit that second season run and it, it's like a different show. Well, that definitely happened with Parks and Rec because I, I finally watched it from the beginning. Right. So I just catch odd episodes. When I finally watched it from the beginning. I was like, this first season is so clunky like nobody really mm. knows their characters yet and then there's that one episode that where it just all clicks and it's like this is the show I like and I think it took like maybe a season and a half to really get there but that happens a lot I mean at any show you watch there's always like look at the Simpsons that mm-hmm. show did not come out you know fully formed mm-hmm. the, the first season episodes are kind of unwatchable sometimes <laughs> I do, it's the crudeness of the animation on those that, but like because I understand I absolutely get why it looked the way it did when it first came out. It's like South Park as well. Mm-hmm. Trying to go and watch like a series one South Park now oh. is like, what is this? <laughs> what is this? It's weird bits of paper wafting around in like geometric shapes. <laughs> it just, it's so strange. Cause new South Park is, is lush looking. Oh, is it? That's yeah. All yeah. It's all, um, I think some of it's still the paper type animation, but it's all like there's a lot more digital stuff and it's all very like rendered and clean and crisp. Whereas the old ones, and it's a shame because one of my, like my favorite South Park episode, and I'll fight people on this because people keep telling me it's not a funny episode, but shove it. Um, is the prehistoric Iceman episode, which I think is either late series one or the start of series two, which is the one where they're all playing being Steve Irwin. Uh, doing terrible Australian accents and then they happen upon an Iceman frozen under the ground. And the reason I love that episode so much is because um, Cartman threatens to kick my friend Kyle in the beanbag. (laughs) 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 Which I can't... Every every time I hear that, I can't... Beanbag! (laughs) I can't cope with it at all. (laughs) Simple things, isn't it? (laughs) It really is. 20 hours into a podcast it is, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm so sorry, Taylor. <laughs> I'm a bit delirious. A couple days ago. Oh, really? <laughs> do you know, doing this, like, I genuinely don't understand how people, like, pull all-nighters to finish off, like, artwork and, and, and colouring and, and lettering and stuff. Because I think if I was, like, like, if I was an artist and I pulled an all-nighter, what I would produce overnight would be absolute nonsense junk. <laughs> like, well, just... I'm going to be honest. Like, you don't do your best work in that hour. <laughs> I mean, unless you like really get a burst of energy or something, you kind of wake up. Mm. Like a lot of times, I I do end up redoing some stuff. It's just getting it done so it can be checked off, and then we can like go back to it. Because mm-hmm. you know, like sometimes it's like, all right, this book came in five o'clock, and it's gonna be in by eight o'clock tomorrow. And it's like, <laughs> okay, that'll be fun. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Comics, kids. Yeah. I mean, I've um, I've pulled all nighters when I've been um, working on my book, and um, I've read back some of the stuff the next day, and it's like, what the hell? But 
But the thing is, is that I know that actually that's actually a great place to be in because actually I could work. I've got something to work on, which well, is yeah, why, you know, yeah, exactly. There's nothing worse than that. You know, it's everywhere. Cause it's that fear of the empty page. So even if I fill the empty pages with like substandard writing, it means I've got something to kind of work on. Go, that looks mm. shit. Right. How can I tidy it up? Whereas when I've got a blank page, it's like I've got nothing. Mm. <laughs> I've got no ideas. I've got a blank page. I've got nothing. I'm going to go and play Candy Crush. <laughs> That's what I usually think when I'm trying to do something. Yeah. Um, usually writing for Geek Syndicate. <laughs> when, I, when I sit there with writer's block, like, my, uh. my goal is I'll work until I get, like, I can't concentrate. If I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, yeah. about what's on TV? Can I eat something? Like, something like that. That's the point where I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Falling quits. Yeah, but I'm always thinking about whether or not I can eat something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't always think about what's on TV today. I love food. <laughs> That's the thing, like, when I'm working and I'm in, like, in a groove with it, if I'm pulling an all-nighter, I'll leave whatever channel's on, and when it gets to infomercials, it's like, well, I have to suffer through this now, this is my punishment. Not done, I'm gonna have to listen to these people sell whatever crappy product. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what, because I do get up quite early in the mornings, some of the crap they're trying to sell in the mornings is just crazy. But I find I get I get quite sucked into it and going like, do you know what I could do with rock hard abs? And I thought that might <laughs> that might actually That's answer that question. Funny. Yeah. Yes, and everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's like why have I not thought about that before? The rock emotion. I understand that now because <laughs> science says that with that rock emotion, if I do that twice a day, every day for thirty days, I will get rock hard abs. And if I don't, the beauty of this product is I'll get my money back. <laughs> we're, we're, there's, there's no downside to this I don't know about this rocking motion because I'm rocking all the time and <laughs> granted I'm also rocking out like yeah but you haven't you haven't, you haven't, got, you haven't got the special ab machine which one, one of the times was literally just a piece of moldy plastic that was literally what it was oh, you, one, of them, one of them is just like a little tire with little handles on it yeah, yeah. oh gosh yeah it's like two, yeah, four hundred, four hundred dollars in easy payments. It's like, but it's a piece of mouldy plastic. Sometimes I go to the gym, and when I when I say sometimes, I mean back when I had a gym membership about two years ago. Um, <laughs> sometimes I used to go to the gym, and uh, and I would find it so strange that people would be like balancing on like half yoga balls and doing what, and I was like, what's wrong with a good old sit up? Yeah. Like, come on now, yeah. maybe throw some weights in there if you must. Yeah. You know. <laughs> But like, there's me on a treadmill dying, just watching people like balancing on the edges of things. And there was this guy who always used to be there when I was there. He used to do uh, pull-ups. And like, I'd be on the treadmill for like half an hour and that entire time he'd be doing pull-ups. And I'd think, what about your legs though? Like, you're going to have like two big beefy arms. Your legs are going to be like wet noodles. Flapping in the breeze. I've got a chin-up bar. I can't. I've got um, a chin-up bar after Arrow came out, the TV show. <laughs> I've got no upper body strength. I've got no discernible strength anywhere, but particularly in the upper body. <laughs> See, I, I, gave, I gave up on working out when I started, I started watching Arrow. Like, yeah, Because <laughs> in my mind, it's like, I've got, I got a chin-up bar, and like I was like, right. And literally, I did one pull-up, and like it hurt like nothing I've ever hurt before. I sure I pulled something I shouldn't have done, and it was almost like I could hear this voice in my in my mind going, "You filled the city." Oh great! Yeah, ice cream. Yeah, thanks, Oliver. Yeah, cheers, mate. Bastard. 
you know. That bit where he's doing the pull-ups, he's kind of like, it's not even the fact he's doing pull-ups, it's the fact he's doing pull-ups and then like leaping oh. up. It's just like, I dude. Think, I think nothing was better than Batman's training montage in Batman vs. <sighs> Superman, where it's just him just doing loads of really hor- like hardcore stuff and then just walloping a tyre with I mean, a sword was, I mean, that so bit where he's... have this. That bit when he's kind of training, you just think, fuck. Don't mess with that. That, that whole sequence was just summed up with Ooh. like, Fuck, dude's Hits. dragging a tyre. Do you know what I mean? That, that's his training montage. And then I'm going to hit it with a hammer because that, that's what I do. That's a that's a real like, legit yeah, training yeah. thing. Yeah, it is, yeah. Uh, which I find hilarious. Like the <laughs> idea that you could just be like, I'm just going to twat the shit with a hammer. Yeah, but then he look call at it exercise. But then you look at him, there's a bit, he's like Bruce Wayne. He's like, hi, I'm Bruce Wayne. The dude looks like a mountain. Mm-hmm. He looks bigger than Superman, which really shouldn't be the case. Do you know what I mean? I get the reasoning behind that. Like, you know, he- yeah. He's just building himself up. Yeah. He doesn't have to. But I'd be like, if I saw him, and the whole point of this kind of, drew, this whole alter ego thing is like, you know, no one's supposed to know he's Batman. But I'm like, no, seriously, dude, you look like Batman because you work it out, was, you talk gravelly anyway when you're Bruce Wayne. <laughs> it was driving me insane that, uh, that, that, that Superman didn't seem to even know Batman was a thing until he went to that party at Lex Luthor's house. And I was like, okay, let's take out of the equation that you're Superman. You're a fucking investigative journalist. Yeah. <laughs> How have you not heard about Batman, you silly bellend? Like, I just, I couldn't. I mean, I, I love the fact, I mean, they kind of, t- they did kind of touch on that, certainly in the first, in Batman Begins they did, but what I loved about it was this whole fact that in the first, in the introduction of um, Batman in Batman Superman, sheer terror, or before you even saw him, the fact when the cops go down to free those women, they were like, All right, we ain't fucking coming out, that dude's still out there, we're going to stay right here where it's safe. You know, and it's kind of like when he goes up and he, he's on the wall, like a fucking, and he is literally like a giant bat on the wall behind the cop. Yeah. And the cop loses such fire. He's using it. I saw it. I saw it. It's just like, fucking hell. And I think what I liked about it was this whole idea that clearly no one's really got a good look at Batman. Mm. And it's just this sort of figure of fear that just turns up. And you're not quite sure what he is or who he is. Um, I thought was brilliant. And the way they kind of introduced him, I thought was really good. And, um, they did it similarly in, um, I thought, in the first Batman. Batman Begins, I thought they kind of did that. He's, you know, that whole kind of fear, if it worked really well. Um, I sort of lost it a little bit more as it went on, but certainly that first one, I thought they did it really well. Um, and they started to kind of hope... The one thing I thought the Batman films haven't done, which is this one, they did a little bit of, was this whole idea that people forget. It's like, he's supposed to be the world's greatest detective, not yes. the world's greatest ninja. Yeah. You know, um, and that really frustrates me because the, the, their idea of, in all these films of making the world's greatest, uh, greatest is we just give them a big ass computer. Yeah. That's, that's, that's literally it. Well, I can do that. I've got a Mac. I can, I put a couple of screens <laughs> around it. Job done. We've all seen I, Felicity I, Smoke. I, it's easy. Huh? I said, we've all seen Felicity Smoke work. It's easy to yeah. do all the computer bees. What, what I would love to see is like a, like a seven type of movie with Batman where he's just like hunting down some guy and you like never see him. It's all investigative and like just hunting people down. Mm. Yeah. Like I mean, a Zaz, like a scary Zaz or whatever you pronounce his name. What? You know that guy with all the Zs and the Ss in his name who's a Batman villain? Oh, yeah, that, I thought I pronounced it right. The one who does like the... Oh, cutting his arms, yeah. yeah. He'd be a fucking terrifying one to have like a like a proper dark scary yeah. Batman movie of. Because he's weird. So long as they don't do the next Batman film and it's the Joker again. Oh. Well, no, because he's going to be in Suicide Squad, so I'm hoping that that'll be 
That would be enough. Yeah, just, yeah that'd be yeah. enough enough Joker for everyone. The, the old yeah. Unless they do a prequel where they show I, I, I can deal without the Joker for a while. Yeah. But if yeah. you make a Joker movie, I want, like, Under the Red Hood. Like, the death of Jason, mm-hmm. and bringing him back, and he's hunting down the Joker. I want all that. Yeah, yeah. But he is, he's doing a solo Batman, isn't he? Ben Affleck. Yeah, yeah, apparently. Yeah. I believe he's writing it with Jeff, Jeff Johns. Yes. Is he? Which is good, I think. I mean, it's, 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 it's good potential. I mean, the thing is as well, we know he can do Batman now. Yeah. You know, and it's one of the things, and it's funny, it's, it's one of those things like when it came, when it, he got announced that it was Ben Affleck, like half getting it lost its shit. And I quietly sat there and thought, I think it'll be good. Yeah. Mainly because they're fr- I know people say, well, then what happened to the film? But I'm like, you know what? When you're at the casting stage, they're going to throw a lot of money at this film. They're not going to throw money at this film unless they think that dude could pull it off. Yeah. That, that, that was literally what I thought. You know, and I kind of thought, I think, he, and I think, I think he's going to surprise people. Mm-hmm. Um, and he really did. Um, he, he was better than I thought he would be. And I thought he was going to be good anyway. Yeah. Um, but no, I thought he nailed it. But like I said, that, that training sequence, I just thought that's just hardcore. Badass. You know, yeah, yeah, badass. Dragging tyres and beating tyres and shit. Just, um, yeah. We're sort of coming up to the end of our time now, Taylor. <gasps> um, I, we've do, we, I feel like I've done a really big disservice to a lot of the people that have been on today because I've just gone, hello, who are you and what do you do? Also, let's talk about Batman. <laughs> 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 it's been lovely talking to you again and uh, I'll probably have you on the show at some point again in the not-too-distant future. You know, I'm, I'm always around. Office. <laughs> the dog doesn't talk to me. It's weird. Oh well, at least you've got like another, like what, three and a half hours of us if you yeah. <laughs> if you want to listen in yeah. to whatever okay, happens I'm, next. I'm probably gonna crash like with your talk invention tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. You know, I I do these kinds of things where I double book myself. Yeah, that's that's yeah, understandable. I'd I'd love to crash now. It would be good, wouldn't it? But we're yeah. so close. You can we're so close. Mm. So you can almost taste it. Oh, don't worry, I'll, I'll, I'll listen in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you ever so much for joining us. It's been uh, it's been lovely. Oh, thank you for having me. It's been fun. We'll talk and Batman more soon. How are we doing with the uh, the goal? Yeah, how are we oh, doing yeah, with the goal? Have we had any more donations? Uh, yeah, we've had um, two more. One from Matthew Sturgis, which is oh lovely. Oh. lovely. Thank you, Matthew. And another from Shan and Shauna Olson. Which brings the total to £864.90. Uh, <laughs> Jesus! Okay. Nice. So we've got, so I'm a massive shit. Cause I'm, I'm like just over, just under 150 100 we've got 150 quid to raise and we've got three and a half, just added me three on and a half hours. Skype and I'm over sounds like It sounds like the end of Blues Brothers. That's right. <laughs> I'd say into the sunset, but it just rose. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, thank you again for coming, and I will speak to you soon. Sounds good. Take care, mate. Two and a bit. Good night, morning. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Bye.
energy for fun Just cross your heart and hope for the sun taste 